Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Skill Modeling Podcast. Here, we will be discussing anything and everything as it relates to the world of scale modeling. Before we start, we would like to take a moment and thank all of you, the listeners out there, for your support. We would also like to thank our great sponsors for their support. Detailed Scale, Furball Aero Design, Tamiya USA, Sprue Brothers, and Basis by Bill. Please have a look at their websites and have a look at all their fine products. Now, buckle up and ride along as we journey into the world of scale modeling. We really hope that you will download and make us a part of your modeling bench sessions. Now, here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew Frill, and Andrew White. everybody what's going on man uh you got nemo here um sitting behind the old seat driving the the podcast tonight with uh my three illustrious the there best it is again from the there rest of us there you go um co-hosts darren frill whitey what are you guys doing man what's happening as frill would say frill What's crack a lacking, model geeks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey everybody, what's up, man? Welcome to episode forty-two of um, Model Geeks uh, podcast, and uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, some good conversation tonight. Um, we are recording this evening. Uh, it's glorious. It's a Monday, yay Monday! You can't um, use the word glorious and Monday in the same sentence. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, for me, compared to what my Mondays used to be like, it's glorious. Well, I inherited it, my friend. I, I know. I've, I've taken sorry. a smack between the eyes. I, 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 I saw that. Yeah. But I'm sure we were all when we saw your picture of your schedule. I oh, was no. like, oh my goodness! Oh I, no, I, dude! I, I, it's nothing but blue, which is but, really red. But before you came on, yeah. I had two of our illustrious co-hosts laughing at me. Yeah, so, yeah, man. That's that. why. That's why I, I moved on. <laughs> Took a while, but damn it, <laughs> I it's made a, it happen. It's all good. I thrive on it, man. It keeps me going. Good. Well, good. But, I, I, but I, I did have a case of the Mondays today because Uh-oh. I was well, you know, up in the mountains at the hunt camp all weekend. I came back to I, the shit sandwich. So, so. here's the, here's, I, I, I got to ask this because I'm just curious. Do you need another haircut? I do. You, you just, you got one like, like three days ago. That seems like it. How are you so lucky? He was in the woods with Squatch. (laughs) That's right. Eating my Jack Lee's jerky. He is Squatch. He said Squatch. Eating my Jack Lee's jerky. I mean, the hair on my head grows about the snail's pace, especially in the old back part, you know, back of a small part of my head. But. do we dare call it a curse? (laughs) I mean, my, my, probably not. No, I'm, I'm, I am, uh, I'm very lucky. You are very lucky. Well, they say men get their hair from their mother's side, like their mother. I, that's absolutely true. So my grandfather. Get, like, so if your mom had like a full head of hair till the day she died or whatever, yes. or if she's still alive, then good on her. Yeah. Then I think it's your, it your, your mom's dad. So that's your right. grandpa on your mom's side. Yep. And take yeah. a look at his. And he was yeah. getting haircuts like I was to the day he died. Lucky. So. Yeah. Lucky. Anyway. anyway. I don't, I'm going to get depressed if I think about my big bald spot on the top of my head where you guys all got nice heads of hair. <laughs> well, Frodo's right. thinning a little bit, too. Yeah, but you still got 
he's still got he's still he's still got a decent amount up there. It's my comb over. Anyway, well, people say that's a fade. I say that's his hair running away from his face. <laughs> it might be, man. My five head. <laughs> my five head. Oh man. Anyway, uh, squirrel. Anyway, all right. Let's get back on topic here. All right, Darren. What's up, man? How how are you doing, man? You doing all right? Everything's no, I'm okay? doing great, man. Like Good. I said, just uh, had a, gr- a great weekend, and you know, uh, now I'm back and back. I actually took a break from the bench, you know. Yeah, uh, and and that's good to do every now and again. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't come back with renewed vigor. Yeah, you know? this yeah. vinegar and can't wait to build something, and then don't. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Mojo. Yeah. So sucks right know, out. Anyway, uh, got back uh, last night, and cool. Of course, you know, I'm uh, had some stuff waiting. We'll talk about it here in a little yeah. bit. But I had some yeah, stuff man. waiting in the mail, and oh, yeah. a lot of that for the Kitty Hawk. Uh, uh, MA60 I'm doing and cool. you know, we can get in that for a little bit, but yeah, I'm sure we will. It's just, uh, you know, back. back. Yeah. Good deal. Pearl. What's happening, man? What's not much, on? not much. Yeah. You know, I kind of, my company did there. We did our annual oh, retreat that's thing. Right. Where that's we where go you, were. And, you missed, you missed the, the old shindig down. At yeah, the man. Amazing, I've been, man trying to get back up there for years now and like something always ends up coming up but uh no we had a good time in new york just kind of cool yeah, i don't want to sound kraus or anything but the homeless people just kind of they're mean they, yeah man they drive you nuts man like they don't take no for an answer if i they say are- no that's what i mean no go go bother somebody else you know they sit there and they keep on and they keep on it kind of detracts from the the city, well, it's part the of the city experience, I guess. Well, that and the big ass rats that run around. Oh my <laughs> gosh, man. Well, it's because they throw their trash on the street and the, tr- the trash do. people come by in the morning or whatever. That smell, and the, man. And the, oh, and the rats are running around all fat, like 12 inches long. They are. They're nuclear rats. Well, welcome back. Yeah, man. Get back yeah. on this P38 and this yeah, uh, other project I got going on, Uh-oh. which I can't really Uh-oh. talk about. Uh-oh. But uh-oh. Yeah. Right. Super cool, secret man. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Super I, secret squirrel stuff. Man, I, 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 just quick C story, but even though it's not a C story, it's just a story. And I'll, I really will try to not make it. Anyway, so guys on the side of the corner, I was telling Whitey this the other day. Dude's, dude's, you know, he's, he's, he's homeless guy sitting there with uh, some lady next to him. And they got a little sign about, you know, I'm homeless, you know, need money. And I, I typically, Whatever anybody wants to, I don't know. I, I always give them money because I just, I'm like, ah, I've been so lucky to have what I have. So I give them money. And, um, so this guy was sitting there and he went and sat, he was, you know, I just didn't, I was like, oh, I don't have any money. Can't give him anything. I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got some, I, I found a, there was a five in the console. So I rolled my window down and I said, Hey, here's, um, you know, and he said, bring it over here. And I said, "What?" He said, "Bring it over here." I was like, "I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bringing it over to you." I was like, "Here's five, five bucks. If you want it, you can come get it." He's like, "No, man." He's like, "Bring it over here." I was just like floored, so I wadded it up and just like threw it out of the window. And the dude literally just sat there on his Home Depot orange bucket, staring at me like. I'm the asshole because I wouldn't bring the money over to him. And I was like, 
screw you guys. I ain't giving you money no more. <laughs> and that was it, man. I was so pissed and I drove off and I did. When I was dr- pulling away, I saw him get over and go pick it up. What What the? Are you kidding so he me? He wanted you to put your car in park, get out go, while you're stopped at us. I think I know. A, I think I yes. know where you were at Yep. and get out of your car, walk over to him and give him the money. <laughs> Talk about la- that's the definition of lazy. Lazy. So that that oh. corner is now cleaned up. I don't know if you know that. I came through there this weekend. Do you know? Did I say what the, corner? It's I know corner. what you do. Corner you talk about. Yeah, Go it's ahead. down on um in like I don't know the name of the place. Like not Bowie, but um down like five heading towards DC. Yep. yep, Matter Woman yeah. Town, right there at yeah. the uh, turn. No, it's that. the one. Yeah, really? it's the one further than that. Like it's all the way down past the the Y where the three hundred one split is. Keep going oh, wow. down. It's where the new. It's all. It's just there used to be like a a hotel there. Yeah, and there's um now there's the uh oh that's a C store. The, there's the hospital over there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was the that was the uh, Continental or whatever it was down oh, there. Brandywine the area. Yeah, yeah. Where the lounge was. Yes. I don't know where that's something. At. Whatever it was, <laughs> that that dude was like, bring it over here. Yeah. And I was like, just shocked. You know, and I, what I should have said was, F you, take him out. I mean, you're not getting anything. And then I should have driven off, but I wadded it up and threw it out. I, I think he ended up getting it. But I got a uh, Blue Angel Sea story about the uh, decoy be, lounge there at that hotel. But oh, that one, I don't think I can well, ever. That tell. would be rated. We, that would be rated. Would, yeah, that's for yes. a different podcast. Yes. Yeah, be read in for it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was a good. One. Real glad to have you back. Sorry for the freaking. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry, man. So, good deal. I'll be getting busy. Cool. Good deal. Whitey, man, how's how are you doing, man? How's we had a good time on uh, seeing Gabe on. Uh, that was fun. On yeah, Saturday. man. Uh, Gabe, my buddy Gabe Kinselli, flew into Dulles. Uh, flew his boss up here for a meeting and had a day to hang out and applied geek rule yeah. xv11 whatever yeah, it is in our it, constitution man. and you know yep. geek and within 100 miles of each other gotta hang out gotta hang out anyhow yeah we spent the day up, up there at udvar hazy uh good time i mean like you say we were there for probably what six hours yeah and it and seemed I, like 30 minutes we, we definitely I mean, we didn't even see it all yeah yeah um yeah. What's cool right now is you get a few items in there that are from the mall space yeah. that's still being worked over, and um, they're much closer. Yeah, yeah, I like the fact that the X one's on on the floor. Yep, you can get up pretty close to it and get a little, little look at it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, that was Saturday. Uh, I got a little bit, little bit of modeling in yesterday. Um, cool. I'm pretty much almost done with this Fury. Um, Sweet. Yes, you know, Sunday morning I was down here early and. Got some paint on the ejection seat, and that's really about the only thing I have left to it is uh, paint that up, drop it in, put the canopy on, done. Um, cool, man. And then, yeah, I'll be happy to be done with that, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy with how it come out in the end. Uh, and I'll get pictures posted up on uh, the Facebook Model Geeks Shack? Is that what we're calling it? Is that what it's going to be called? Model Geeks Model Darren's going to talk about that later on yeah, the show. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yep. we'll still have the we'll still have our uh, Facebook page where we can post yep. stuff. But we had I don't know about any of you guys, but I've been having problems with Facebook lately. So we're trying to. And uh, Darren, I mean, do you want to talk about it now? Yeah. As well. Well, yeah. Why not? Uh, why not? So we, 
we had the present. Yeah. So y'all, y'all know a lot of the other podcasts, uh, they have their Facebook groups out there that they've, uh, uh, started. Uh, we've actually had this, uh, Facebook group out there for almost a year, but it's been sitting kind of stagnant, stagnant in, uh, as everybody knows, and we've got lots of questions about where did the community page go? We can't post pictures. We can't uh, post uh, works in progress. So we have kind of rejuvenized the, uh, the the group. Uh, it's called the the Model Geeks Model Shack. Uh, check it out. We'll put a link uh, on the page so everybody can see it. Uh, join. This is a place. This is now the new. Model Geeks Community uh, Forum, a place for y'all to go to post your pictures, ask questions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, keep an eye out. There's going to be a, a Model Geeks Live in there from time to time. One, two, maybe all four of us. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, pop in there every now and again, answer questions, uh, maybe show some, uh, some technique tips and tricks. So keep an eye out. Yep, now, the Model Geeks Model Shack. So, did you go at Shack? Because is that a nod toward the Line Shack? It is. I, I like that if that's the case. It, it, it kind of is, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's because that's where our, all the stuff would happen, right? <laughs> it is that absolutely. You need to gouge on happen. what's happening in the squadron. Just yeah, go to yeah. the smoke pit or the Line Shack. One that's of those beyond the boat, the smoke pit, and or shit, even the squadron. You know, that's but yeah, yeah, I think that's cool, man. Yeah. So the Model Geeks Model Shack, check it out. So it's going to be a great place, I'm sure. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, guys got questions about it or need more information, just let us know. But the bottom line, just like Darren said, it's just that's, that's going to be our community section because stupid ass Facebook, they changed a whole bunch of stuff. So it's just, we're sorry if you guys are experiencing some issues trying to view our stuff or, post stuff so we're, we're trying to work through it and i think the model shack the model geeks model shack is going to be a good solution for at least the community page where anybody just post whatever you want that's what it's for so yeah cool um yeah what did i do this past couple weeks just um enjoying the new job hanging out with whitey and gabe at udvar hazy and uh, i haven't really done a whole lot of modeling but i'll get into that in just a little bit but uh cool man well, um, before we head on to uh, what we're actually working on and what's on the bench and all that good stuff, um, let's hear from our incredibly good friends uh, at Detail and Scale. Hi, Model Geeks. Rock Rosak of Detail and Scale here. I know a lot of you have heard about the Edward 148th Scale F4F-3 Wildcat kit they released this summer. By all accounts, this is a great kit and it's going to be the first in a series of kits of the various Wildcat variants. What you might not know is that there is a detail and scale series book on the Wildcat 2, and no one building the new Edward kit should be without it. It's our book, F4F and FM Wildcat in detail and scale. The book chronicles the origins, development, and production history of the Wildcat and also gives a thorough overview of the operational history of this important World War II Navy fighter. In fact, it was the only United States Navy fighter to serve operationally from the attack on Pearl Harbor until VJ Day in 1945. The Dash 3 variant was the first operational model of the Wildcat, and it was built in three major production groups. 
all of the detail a modeler needs to construct an accurate F4F-3 fighter is provided in our book. The book has over 240 high-resolution photographs, 110 of which cover the details of all of the Wildcat variants. Plus, there are more than 20 full-color profiles, line drawings of each variant, and even a chapter on Wildcat paint schemes and colors. The book concludes with our normal modeler section that looks at the available Wildcat kits prior to the new Edgeward offering. The new Edward Wildcat kit is the first in a series, and no matter what additional Wildcats they bring to market, you will already have all the coverage you'll need in our F4F and FM Wildcat in Detail and Scale book. F4F and FM Wildcat in Detail and Scale sells for $12.99 in its digital editions, while the print book sells for $19.99. Visit our website at www.detailandscale.com for more information. And now, back to the Model Geeks podcast. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that again. Uh, just such quality products. Great stuff from Detail and Scale. Um, make sure you guys support them um, and buy their stuff. It's awesome. As it has been for years and years and years. So thank you, um, Bert, and thank you, Rock. All right, uh, moving on to what you, what you're working on and what's on your bench. So, Darren, I'm going to start with you. What are you working on, man? What what do you what do you what are you tinkering with? What are you trying to finish? So, finish nothing and process a lot. Um, the main thing I was really <laughs> I know about that, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> them, them squirrels is running everywhere. Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got more projects started than I oh, know boy. what to do with, but. Uh-oh. What I'm really excited about right now, right What's now that? until next week, yep. <laughs> is my uh, Kitty Hawk uh, MH60 <laughs> Romeo. Did you say Kitty Hawk? I did. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, I think their heels are actually not too bad. Lightning's going to strike me. Well, I mean, I've seen the uh, the whistling shit can there, the SH2 that uh, yeah Whitey did was beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, pretty. Their their heels, I think, are pretty decent. Um, you know, and I will say. It's not without its problems. <laughs> uh, it's sure looking good, though, man. But they're yeah. not huge problems. Yeah, yeah. It's not you like know. Lindbergh problems like no. I had no. on the um, <laughs> twenty seven. Yeah, you got you got you got you got Kitty Hawk problems. You ain't got Lindbergh problems. I, you know what? With the Kitty Hawk, with this kit, it's instructional. Pro- it's instruction. It problems. is. Yeah, and uh, I know, like what the. Uh, one of their kits, only one of them has for the Navy has the rotor blade fold instructions, and like they molded one of the parts on the rotor head wrong, so you have to modify yeah. it in order well, to be able to, to fold it, the rotor, flip uh, it upside down, or there's some yeah, and there's the a little trick. Side is it like the, yeah. so like the spindle and the attachment point to the main rotor head? Is it like it's jacked up so you can't? Uh, it's like an L looking arm thing that comes off the shaft from the rotor head. It's where it. It, okay. It's like, it needs to, I have to see it. Okay. It needs to be on the other side. And okay, yeah. weird. There's plenty of fixes out there for yeah. it. People weird. should kind of fix it. Huh. Yeah, there's there's a few little idiosyncrasies. Anyway, there's a few little issues. Yeah, there you go. Gotcha. Uh, I'll give you an example. the The way the the fuselage fits inside the uh, the uh, or the uh, the cockpit like, and the aircrew 
area fits into the fuselage. Yeah, the cabin. Yeah, the cabin. A little funky. You know, it doesn't fit. Uh, so uh, you, you've got to take the forward mounts, and I think I posted pictures on uh, the page of this. Yeah. But you've got to cut the forward areas out so that it fits in properly, or you get a gap on top and bottom. Gotcha. A lot of people ignore the gap because they're going to cover it with the engine compartment stuff, but it just yeah. throws everything else off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the motor mounts, uh, when you put the engines in, it doesn't show that like the starboard engine, you have to have the mount on the inside. They show it on the outside. Uh, uh, it's it's little yeah, things. It's and, and I'm hoping to, to document that and put it on the page for others to see. Yeah. And that said, I owe a couple of folks a huge debt of gratitude because uh, Stanton Fondness, who yep. has done the uh, Sierra, uh, has helped me out a, a ton uh, with this. And then there's John over at uh, Mr. G's Workbench on Facebook. I mean, not Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, uh, folks could check his channel out. But he's done the uh, Foxtrot in the past. So it, it's watching these guys with these previous bills has really helped me uh, to move forward with what I'm doing. And I'm hoping to do them some justice by putting it out there for our listeners. So real quick, um, real quick on that uh, AOA decals is, I think he's like 85, 90% done with his yeah. uh, decal sheet for that kit. All those yep. kits, the F, the really? H, the yeah. S, the R, and he's doing, oh, I think sweet. like 12 or 15 different options. What? Yeah, and that's, yeah right. so that's a sheet to keep an eye out for. Better yeah. buy those freaking kits because they're yeah. hard to find, man. One one of those options he's doing is the uh, Royal Australian Navy option, Sweet. and uh, that's um, I'm hoping to get those because I want to yeah. do that for my program at work. But cool, uh, yeah, don't show it but, to them. They're gonna be like, build me one, yeah, build me no, one, build me one. But the kit is really cool. I've got you know a lot of the interior done. The seats I was yeah. uh, fiddling with today. I've got all the belts in and cool. And I'm about ready to close. Uh, close up the fuselage so yeah your sheepskin on that on those things those seat, sheepskin covers they yeah. look really good thanks they came out good yeah. no, I appreciate yeah, those are, the romeo seats are awesome man they're they're super comfortable whereas the sierra yeah. stuff the sierra seats are they're not they're not so they're, much they're, they're, they're the army they're blackhawk seats where the, the romeo seats are specific navy seats it's just it's just more comfortable well, yeah, i think uh, th- that comfort's all about the tail wheel placement right no, I'm kidding. Just, 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 no. Yeah, I, and the the Romeo was just a tad heavier than the Sierra. At least the ones that I was flying. I just, I, I like it. Flew a little bit more like a 53 than like the Sierra is really light. I mean, if it's is it really? If you're empty, well, yeah, in the you back, don't have any of that ASW stuff no. in there. If, if you're empty in the back and you're light on gas, man, it's it's um it's fun to fly though. I mean, it's little, it's little hot yeah. rod. Yeah, light. yeah. You don't have to be like super ginger with the collective, and you can you can really throw the aircraft around it's fun yeah. i mean i you know not like i'm chuck yeager or anything it's yeah. just it's just fun to fly whenever she's light you know yeah. but i i prefer but it's real squirrely if you're um if you're doing like servos off kind of training man yeah man 60 is just the 53 was really easy to fly servos off the 60 was really hard i really? mean I oh think God, it'd be yes. the opposite oh no 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 nope 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 interesting yeah it was weird that's just me. I, I just, I thought it was harder. Um, you just had to like, there were some shuttle valves that would, that they wouldn't stick, but they would just move in a, um, when you turn servos off, they're just not moving um, fluidly. They're yeah. just not moving in a way that keeps a nice smooth control input. So they're like um, very ratchety little, when they're opening and, closing, opening and closing. 
and you're trying to anticipate that. And so what you do to fix that is you just stir the pot. So I learned that just somebody said, yeah, dude, you got to stir the pot. So when you're holding the cyclic, you just keep as you're flying down and flying servos off, you just got to keep the stick moving and then the valves stay. They don't oh, close. Yeah, it just keeps them working. Yeah. yeah. So because cool. the computer thinks, oh, oh, okay. He's still flying it. And it's just yeah. anyway, stupid sea story. Sorry. Nope, that's good That's good stuff, correct. man. <laughs> Listeners love us some sea, uh, love, love, love some sea stories. Yeah, but uh, they want to hear ones about like hookers in Bangkok and yeah, stuff like they're gonna that. They're going to want to hear the ones about oh. the Blue Angel stuff. That, that, yes, I'm going to have to yes. save that one for, uh, <laughs> for a different audience. Um, what else also, you got, man? What else are you working on? The other thing I'm working on is that Armahavi P51 for the oh, new yeah. And, uh, you know, follow those pictures online. You can you can see Will uh, Patson and I from the sprue cutters exchange yeah. some jabs over there on uh, his yeah. group. And, uh, yeah, Dude, it, it looks so good. It really, it's, really looks good. I can't. When you showed pictures of your cockpit where you're zoomed in, dude, it does not. I, I'm like, that is seven. And then, remember, I asked you, I was like, what all did you add to it? You're like, yeah, nothing. Yeah. yeah nothing. nothing. Nope. All out of the box, man. Yeah, it's, it's really a cool kit. And, I got to tell you, it, I, I've heard that they're they're looking at forty eight scale stuff, and if their seventy second scale stuff is a prelude to, stand the f by it is going to be cool. Yeah, yeah they, they do nice stuff. They yeah, go to forty eight scale and do some of the obscure kind of cool planes. They they pull out forty eight scale, and we're all going to be going. Holy yep. Santa Claus shit! <laughs> exactly. Period. That's exactly what came into my head. Exactly. All right. Cool, there man. You go. That's what I'm working on. Good deal. Frill. What you got, man? What you been working on? Uh, nothing really. A whole lot. I started when I got what? back. You know, I started working on the uh, the Tamiya P38. I'm just cleaning up the seams because I've had an issue. Well, I'll get back to that in a minute. I'm just going around cleaning up the seams, make sure all the seams are good because it's going to be natural metal. And that's one of the big, you, kicks, go. you know, jabs in the nuts is if your finish Ouch. isn't good. Yeah. It's natural metal. It's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Yep. So I'm just going around taking care of all my seams, making sure they're good. My panel lines are good, but I did run into an issue. I am, I used a AK interactive extreme metal because I like it. It goes down great and mm. it's hard as nails. It. it goes love down it. good. And. As long as you do not use rosinol lighter fluid, you can put an oil or enamel wash over it, and it yeah. will not attack the metal. Yeah, I think if you use like uh, oils with terpenoid, um, you should be good to go because it's yeah. it's um it's yeah. not it's you know it's it's not super strong, but um, man, that just always makes me nervous. Kind of putting enamel oil based on oil based, you know. Uh, I've got but, a test um, piece around here somewhere where Justin, I did just that. And Justin said the same thing. He's like, dude, I've done it before. Just don't rub real hard, you know, and oh. use and don't use like testers enamel thinner with oils. Use like terpenoid, which is not as hot with Windsor and Newton. Let it dry and then just barely wipe it off with a soft T-shirt just a little bit. And boop, you're good to go, man. Oh, I was uh, I was rubbing the dog mess out of it. Just, and it was just still good? Just yeah. still good. Wow. I've got the piece around here somewhere. Good that to know. Piece. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, cool. So I took the elevator. I went and I shot it. And uh, where the plastic was injected into the mold, 
it caused uh, it that. like was a reaction with the paint. It looked rough, but if you touched it, it was it was smooth. Weird. But it was rough, and it took on the f- shape of the where the mold came in. The mold, or the plastic. Came the plastic. In. Yeah, we, dis- we discussed that in that last episode. Uh, Whitey, I think you've heard of this before. This phenomenon, yep. maybe. Yep. And so I went around, and I'll have to coat it with a light coat of uh, Mister Surfer Sir. Uh, and then it fixed it, right? Yes, it does. It does. It fixes it. So you and put the servicer a, down first, polish it, and then put the yep the AK Extreme, and then you're good to go. Yep. No issue. Okay. And what I'm putting down is that Mr. Surfacer, Mr. Finisher. It's not their Mr. Surfacer 1000. They make a, uh, a finisher. Like okay. Yeah, finisher. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a finisher. Just a, and yeah, just a light coat just to kind of cover that stuff up. Yep. So if, I'm working on that. If I, if I can, if I can, just real quick, going talking about that polish in the Mr. Surfacer. So my uh, Pro Modeler F86, I've been checking the seams. Of course, it's going to be a natural metal finish. And I did the same thing in Mr. Surfacer uh, 1500 Black yep. and polished. Now I'm holding this up for the guys to see yep. uh, the shine on it. Yep. Uh, but you can shine that stuff to be a super gloss. And I'll, I'll put pictures of this up on the, uh, yeah, the page, but that stuff is money, man. You can hit that with that with some polishing cloths, and it it takes the yeah, seams and polishes it. them right up, so you can see. Awesome, yeah, I can see the shiny, yeah. the shininess. Yeah, yeah it's called Mister Finishing Surfacer fifteen hundred gray. And cool. I thin it down, put a light coat over it, just to kind of fill everything in. And it seems to be the trick to get around it. So that was what Sweet. I did on that. Cool, man. And so one of the things. That I'll cover more one of the new you know stuff that we picked up, but I picked up the uh, airframe and miniature number nineteen on Uh-oh. the P thirty eight Lightning, and it covers the F four and F five variants as well, and um, and it lists the Tamiya P thirty eight J in there during their kit reviews, and according to the book, I guess the the wrong radio set in the back behind the cockpit is included in the Tamiya J. Uh, rivet counter, rivet counter. Uh, rivet hey, counter. hey, reading, right? I'm just reading. I'm not going to do anything with it. <laughs> Scanning for rivet counter. <laughs> That's one of the things, too, I want to make counter. a real caution other modelers on is because they use the Planes of Fame P38 down in Chino to make this kit. I think it was, or wherever they used it. And that's a museum, you know, it's a museum piece. And so stuff has been refurbished. And so like, there's a couple yeah. call outs that I'm like, uh, I don't think that's the right color. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, something you got to keep in mind is if you use a museum piece as a, as your reference and your base for what you want to paint something, you know, do a little bit more research because that may not be the right color because, you know, in the museum, you got some volunteer who's out there on a Saturday and he's, yep. you know, just painting away. And using whatever. I have to admit, speaking of museums and colors, that's one thing we did notice at uh, Udvar Hazy. Whoever's doing their painting, kudos. Because yeah. did you look they, at their Jay? I did. They that have, thing looks. I took a ton of pictures. They even got the chips I think, and everything on it, man. It looks. It great. does. I took a ton of pictures. Of that thing, man. I think too. Those are like all original. They haven't been refurbished. Yeah, like they're, they're uh, that, yeah, they're two nineteen. Yep. I think is all original paint, isn't it? I don't think no, they touched it up. It's been completely redone. Oh, has it? Yeah. 
but it looks, it the, looks uh, good. Uh, Uhu, right? Yeah, yeah the, the Their RLM O2 yeah, on the yeah. gear. Man, it looks spot. I mean, the colors, I mean, it looks really, all their colors. And that's one like, thing we noticed. Like, man, everything looks, except, <laughs> except the Tomcat. The, They've got a 229 oh, back there that they're redoing too, man. They got yeah. that strip down to wood and completely redoing it, man. It's going to be wicked looking. Even um, we saw flak bait, like the original B26 flak baits back there, and they still have the um, the nose art, the original nose art, and the, the aircraft looks beat up. But we are just hoping that they don't repaint the thing. Just leave it in that condition, you know? Um, it's pretty beat up though, but they have like, they had a Nick there that's pretty beat up, but you've got that funky looking brown color, the Japanese color, you know, and, but it's the Tomcat. That refurb area in the back, I would give good it's awesome. to be able to walk back there yep. and, just, and just be able to, to walk around and talk to the fellows back yep. there. Yeah. There was some, there was some things we noticed on the Tomcat. Um, one of them is that they have the national signia on the wrong uh, wing on the top fuselage. Yeah, I gotta wonder. I gotta yeah. wonder if they. I mean, it's a Smithsonian. I, I they do know. their research, you know. So, did know. that aircraft come in there from the fleet like that, or what? Yeah, and the, and then the the national insignia, the star and bars, they looked odd. They yeah, didn't look. They didn't look normal. They looked I mean, a little little off. I've, I've seen tack paint schemes with funky. National insignias on yeah, too. Just get out Chairman Schmuckatelli out there doing yeah. his thing. The chief told mm-hmm. me to go paint, so here's the stencil I used. I painted it. And they're like, "You used the wrong one." Well, chief the said, "Use the pub." Flying. Chief, chief said, said, "What?" Use the pub. <laughs> Airman said, "The what?" <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm working on yeah. Yep, so I'm working on that, and I hope to have some progress done on that this week. And then I've got another project going on that uh, I'm not going to talk about right now, but there's Uh-oh. something else in the works that I got going. Don't and say anything, man. What I was sitting here looking and like, man, you know, like I want to, there's so many kits that I want to build. And I've got a P3 I got to finish for a buddy of mine. And uh, I've got three 72 scale planes I got to build for another guy that he's been waiting like almost three years now for me to do them. But they're 72 scale and I just can't get into it, man. Yeah, man. And uh, so my goal is to finish that stuff up before I start on anything new. And that's my goal between now and the end of the year is to get that cleared off. So that when one January hits, because, you know, the holidays, we all have stuff going yeah. on. So your bench time kind of dwindles. dwindles down. Yep. So this way come one january i can start fresh and just oh man get on cold something or, something else it starts getting cold outside i'm gonna be a glue well, you see the farmer's almanac sob dude let know. me uh that's what the farmer's almanac said oh boy if you believe that stuff okay we're region two atlantic corridor winter temperatures will be below normal while precipitation and snowfall will be above normal the coldest periods will in early December, early and late January, and most of February. The snowiest periods will be Winter. in huh. early to mid-January, late January, and late February. So oh you know what? Somebody it's going to be cold in winter. It's going to be cold in the Somebody northeast. Somebody needs to write those sons of bitches, and we need a modeler's forecast in there. Well, the modeler's forecast is <laughs> build more models because you're going to be snowed saying. in. And that's the beautiful part about my job now is I can't work from home. I can so I, I go in every day now. And I'm but I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I go in at like six thirty and I go home at like three thirty and life is good. And so when a snow day comes, I'm like, Oh, 
I don't get snow days anymore. Can't go home. I can't wake from home because I ain't get it. It's all like secret shit. Yeah. And above. So anyway, anyway, dude, that's awesome, man. Yep. So that's Girl. it. Well, that's my opinion. Get, get crackalacking on the P38, man. I, I want to see that thing done. Yeah, so do I. Cool, man. <laughs> cool. But so far, so good with a kit, right? It's it's. Oh yeah, I mean, awesome. it hey, falls together. I mean, it's Tammy. Hey, for real, I mean, hmm. for real. I got an idea. How What's about that? popping over to the Model Geeks Model Shack you know and posting some pictures of that? That sounds sure like a fantastic idea. I have some update pictures that I oh, will boy. post on there. Yes. Yep. I think there's a rule. There's a model. There's a Model Geeks rule. You have to post pictures often. Oh, I just boy. forget. I get busy doing stuff and forget. Yeah, I know. I know. I know but how it is. That's it. That's all cool. I got going. Whitey, you kind of touched on a little bit earlier. You were working on, you're getting close to being El Finito with the old Fury, but. Um, <gasps> no, he's not. Yeah, yep, that's he, about it. Yeah, man. Any, what, do you have any idea what you might be starting next? Because you, you're a. Uh, yeah, you know you, got, what? you don't have squirrels running around. No, no I got an idea what he's going to do next. Yeah. Oh. What? I think it needs to be a jet of some sort. Mm-mm. Nope. It's a multi-engine <gasps> propeller. Well, I was messing. I was oh, man. doing some wow. cleanup with a um a CP one hundred seven Argus conversion. I was doing some cleanup with that, but I don't want to start that kit until I have the bomb base set that goes with it. Now, um, you know, I'm I'm looking for one of those. So if anyone's out there and wants to sell me one, uh, that's by uh, who the hell makes makes that thing uh. Um, anyway, it would be the only CP-107 in 172nd scale conversion. Uh, and they they make a, they made a separate bomb bay for it. Yeah. But I'm hearing rumors that somebody's got the, ori- the, the original manufacturers are done with that because it's pretty extensive uh, um, project, uh, pretty extensive conversion. And the, um, the, the, the donor kit is a, uh, what is, what is that thing? A Mach 2 Britannia? Oh, my God. So, horrible kit to begin with. Yeah, and then the throw in this, um, you know, conversion kit that's that's pretty uh, extensive. So, they, they, they the original manufacturers of it released it for a little while. I transport wings from Aircraft and Miniature Limited. You know, they do conversion sets and resin stuff in 72nd scale primarily. And... Um, yeah, like I said, they they uh, have discontinued this CP-107 conversion, but somebody else, uh, I'm not going to drop names, somebody else supposedly has the molds and they're going to re-release it at some point in the future. So I'll probably sit on it and wait because I really want to do it with the Bombay open, sitting on deck in pre-flight type of thing. And, uh, you know, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna press on with it. I've, I've cl- did, did some cleanup with it last week while I was waiting for some other stuff to dry or whatever, but uh, I don't know what I'm going to work on next. Something simple, I hope. Tamiya. Yeah. Something. Yep. Maybe even something way out of my wheelhouse, like a, a Tamiya, uh, you know, I got a FW190, for example. Oh, like that is out of your wheelhouse, isn't it? Yeah. Something I don't like usually that. do Nazi stuff, but whatever. <laughs> Not that I have anything against Nazi stuff. I mean, they make cool shit, but yep. uh, I just never have... Um, Done any for whatever reason. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool, you man. Should do a, you should do a car. No. Nope. <laughs> How about a Jeep? No. Armored vehicle. Some with wheels. I would do a 48 scale Jeep. 
Mm. Or a 48 like, scale tank. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do that for like the 48 hour build too. Oh, yeah. I think that's what I want to hold on yeah. to for Nemo. that. Nemo. Yeah. What? what? What are you working on? Me? Nothing. Right. What? Now. Nothing. I finished that damn roof. That's beautiful too, that by the pretty, way. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, came out really good. Thanks. I, I that's it, it's funny because it kind of originally I wanted the squiggles to be less squiggles. But when I was painting it, it just that's just how I it kind of happened. And so um but it looks it looks cool. I tried some new some newer techniques, like I used some speckling using um enamel paint on a brush and a toothpick to make some oil stains and stuff on the on the float underneath the engine. That looked pretty cool, man. Show, show me the pictures of that. And I was like, oh, I got to try that. Yeah. It, it, I was, I was like, holy crap, that really worked. Cause I was, I was, I'm like, man, how do I, I would need, it needs more than just a little bit of chipping. You know, I didn't want to go crazy with the cheese whiz on the chipping on the pontoon or the main float and the pontoons, but, um, or the floats, whatever you want to call them. But I, I don't know. I just did the, the speckling and I'm like, holy crap, really look, it looks like the engine's yeah. kind of some engine. Yeah. It's not super like in your face either. You kind of have to. Well, less is oh, more. Shit. Subtle. It's yeah, I want to go back. Cool. I want to go back on my duck and try that technique yeah, actually. Man. Cause the duck would be ripe for it. The engine's Perfect. right there. You got that yep. big shoe yep. horn float. Yep. And what the, is it? Oh, just like, like oil splatter from like yeah. the prop yeah. wash and yep. stuff. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It looks exactly. cool. So Scott, you you mentioned yeah. chipping, and I want to go yeah. back to our our good buddy Jeff over at Furball. He, he even popped off in one of our, our little text things about I'm still waiting for my uh, Prisma know, pencil chipping <laughs> tutorial. That there's there's quite a bit of Prisma chipping on that, and yep, I am intrigued because I've tried. I've had I have a Prisma color, yeah, and it doesn't pencil, yep, 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 and and I I I cannot achieve. That type of chipping with this yeah, pencil for some reason. I just got to show you how to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's kind of where I'm going with so, it. So, <laughs> yeah, we need to put, because it's really simple. You, the the real key is, like, that was the very last thing. Phil's got the right motion down. It's yep. a tapping yep. motion. You know? And I mean, like, just why, barely touching it. That's why I did um, the KI-84. Yep. And, and in some spots, it's okay to, like, color it a little bit. But really, I'm just barely touching it with the, and it's super sharp. Like I keep sharpening it as I'll do, 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 make some little tapping on some spots and whatnot. And then I have a, um, just a three by five index card that I keep refining the sharpened end so that I've always got a nice, because that's what happened in the beginning. That's why I didn't have it ready for PenCon is that I started rushing and I wasn't taking my time resharpening the tip. And so then they look like big blobs, you know? Um, and so we'll have to do a video, but it's not hard. The key though, I tell you, the key to a Prismacolor weathering is got to do it on a super matte surface. Yeah. That's the key. You do it on a semi-gloss, it's not going to work. You do it on gloss, it's really not going to work. You do it on a flat, eh, it might be okay. You do it on a really flat surface because it's got to have something to bite into. Right. So it just boop, 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 just barely. And I use, I use different colored pencils too. I don't just use silver. I use grays and browns and greens. I got a box of them. I just, I just can't get it to 
to take. I end up we'll, wiping off more than I put down. So we'll do a video. Okay. We'll do a video. It's easy. Okay. Anyway, got the roof done. Pretty happy with it. I just now I got to do a a base for it, and everybody wants me to do the beach scene, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna mess. I know it'll look hokey. It looks stupid. I have this stupid looking base and this really nice model. So I'll probably just, <laughs> I'll probably just, I don't know what I'm gonna do. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I like the way that guy did it though. And Pencon, I can't remember which uh, Japanese float plane he did, which was beautiful. That Dave, Dave, yeah. I like kind of how whoever he did built it. that. Kudos, yes. wicked, nice Ooh. work. Yeah, man, uh, should have won best. Yeah, he just had it, you know, on the dolly and like sitting on yep. a field. Yep, it was awesome. You know, or, or like a like like tall grass, like you would see tall on grass a, in a beach yeah. area, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I probably I probably do something like that, something subtle, you know, not just like you know yeah. the beach scene, like, but yeah. All right. Um, cool. And then I, I, what I'm going to work on next, I have no idea. We'll figure it out. Could be uh, maybe finish up the EA6A. Or I've really been kind of itching to do a the trumpeter MiG-21 or start that um, the 30-second scale Super Hornet. We'll see. It's not a, one of the fun parts of the hobby when you yes. get finish with a project yes. and then you go, oh, man, what am I going to do next? Yes. That's when you crack that open the Coldy. Yeah, and you sit there and you look at the stash and you're like, "What's yeah, next?" Oh my God. Yeah. Or you just break, or you just break stuff open like I do and just start stuff. Yeah, man. Here, here's the problem though. <laughs> so I, I, um, well, this kind of leads into we'll get we'll we'll talk more about this when we get into what you buy. But I have been breaking bags on stuff lately. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. No, so, you haven't. That's fun. I have. Wow. You're gonna really decrease the resale value of those, <laughs> Darren. <laughs> No, that's why I need to stop doing it. Darren, I need to stop you. If you're going to do it, you need to do it right. Please. No, you don't. (laughs) Come on. If you're going to do it, you need to do it right. All right. I'll I'll, I'll practice. All right. Practice. I'll see if I can give you another um, chance to say that, Darren, later in the show. All right, folks. Let's move on to Geek News. Well, real quick, gonna talk about uh, PaxCon, which is going to be the best damn freaking model show ever in the history of model shows. What's PaxCon? Oh, <laughs> uh, screw you guys. I'm going home. It's a model show. It is. Not just any model show. It is going to be like the best Patuxent River contest, PaxCon. The biggest ever, show south of D.C. Ever. And the history of shows, it's going to be the 7th of October uh, next year, 2023, in Hollywood, Maryland, at the Getting close. Volunteer Fire Department. We're, um, it's picking up, picking up, picking it up. It is picking up, and we want to make this an epic event. Epic. Yep. Epic. Um, I think we've mentioned before, but we're doing gold, silver, bronze. So I think that gives an opportunity um, for models that probably should have gotten an award that didn't uh that's but not that we're given participation trophies out exactly um no, no. but entry does not mean you're going to win something that, that's so, right exactly you better bring your a game still hey man this is this is test and development country man you better come down here with ready to rock you hear that chris dirks you better bring your a game <laughs> <laughs> bring it speaking Speaking of of that, I I want to ask you guys a question, and, and this may end up being a, a a completely different segment, but I really like the way Amps does it, where when you win, 
like at the beginners, you move up to the intermediate, then to the advanced, and blah, blah, blah. You can't go back. Is this, I mean, is that maybe something that's on the future with IPMS? I wish the hell it was. I don't, I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. Ask John. Interesting. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think for our show, like I said, um, since it's our first one, just a. Yeah. Like, oh, no, not, not for our shows. I, I'm yeah. just, it's I'm just a random thinking. thought. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that's probably, I'd be all right. That's cool. I, mean, right. I want to post that question to the listeners. Let, let us know in, in an email. Yeah. What do y'all think, think about that? Like, especially when it comes to Nats, right? So that now at Nationals, you have different categories. You have a beginners, an intermediate, a novice, advanced, an expert, just with like the experts went, uh, going for best in show. Yep. And have so more people are recognized in a first, second, third. I don't know. I've always thought you. that at nationals, in order to go to nationals, that you had to have won something at a local or a regional. No, like in I order to think, be able to put your so. stuff in Nats, you should have already won something. So if you haven't won, I, then you couldn't I, enter in Nats. I mean, I, I know that's not how it is, but that's how I yeah. always, if I yeah, was the president, see, that's how I would do it. Yeah, but see, this so kind of leads credence to that that thought process. So yeah. I, I just, I thought it was kind of cool. I, yeah. I thought about that the other day. Random thought. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Squirrel. We got, we, we got squirrels we, running around. We digress, there. so. Yeah. It's which is easy to do. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that's good on PaxCon. You guys got anything else on PaxCon? It's going to be the best damn modeling show. Come see us. Come see us. Vendors. We want vendors, vendors, vendors. One other thing for PaxCon, and this is, we're sort of doing an informal survey here, but we've talked about possibly putting feedback on the registration sheets. I'd be interested to hear from the listeners yep. what you guys think about that. I think that's awesome. Very simple. Simple Everyone feedback. wants feedback until it's yeah. until they get they, feedback. Until they hear the truth. <laughs> so you know, t- Tim and I talked about that. It was like uh, if we if we set a time for like thirty minutes uh, after awards, yeah, judges will be at the booth. Bring your model, bring your sheet for yep. thirty minutes. You have thirty minutes of their attention, yep. and uh, give feedback. And then after thirty minutes, it shut down. I don't think you'd get a large group of people coming in there for I feedback. I think there might be. Really. I mean, I know when I There'd was There'd be young, some. Yeah, I, I asked. I was like, what, what's wrong with my model? And they just, like, looked at me, and they're like, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, good on PaxCon. Going to be awesome. Please, everybody, come come see us and come be part of the show. It's going to be awesome. Um, All right. Uh, new kits. And stuff that's out. Um, sorry, I suck at this one. I always do. Other than yeah, the mean forty-eight scale F4G, um, and then the the whole <laughs> the Tycom forty-eight scale F4G, which is that was a total joke because if we, you would have read the on the box part where it had like you know new updated plastic, um, it just had a whole bunch of hokey. Um, description so everybody was like it's fake <laughs> it was just a joke it was a Hasegawa box art I think so any but the Ming 48 scale F4G um that's um that's a that's a that's a new one that's a new yes, one yes sir and then I think the um the Zoki mirror I think it's supposed to be out like in 
next month yeah. maybe yeah we'll so see. i got shipping notification on mine it's late september early october so uh, i'm okay. i'm we waiting patiently about, we bought ours about the same time yeah yeah so, so. Okay. yeah it's ming and zukimara that have the f4g's coming that's out correct. Right? Yep. That's so correct so what we just talking about was a fake one take on take on or whatever oh take on take on yeah but yeah but speaking of take on what about the apache 64 echo and the 64 delta what scale are those i forgot we're 35th yeah Yeah. 35th as well as an mq8b in 35th scale yes i saw that where are you going to put that sucker man you're going to hang that bitch from the ceiling (laughs) (laughs) but it's going to be cool it's gonna be big it is man what else you guys sorry nemo all right now what else um for new stuff um edward yeah has a new 148 scale a6m3 type 32 right that's gonna be cool man um i'll let whitey touch on the the trim pod and uh icm has a gotha go 242a their uh glider from World War II, Nazi glider from World War oh, II. Oh, I know. I know Whitey was ecstatic about that one, weren't you, Whitey? Uh, why are you get All right. All right, folks. <laughs> Here we why go. Why do we have a 48 scale kit of that thing? Y'all remember not, the Tasmania Devil? Here it goes. Not a 48 scale Waco glider or a 48 scale Horsa. Are you kidding me? Come on. I know. Man. I mean, don't I know. even. What, did the Germans ever even use that thing? I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No idea. For training, it was how to get out of a glider. Yeah. <laughs> you know, man, and he had thousands of these of these Allied gliders being used. They, they were pretty cool. All painted up, yeah, man. And you know, I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> you, you tell him, Whitey. I guess I just figured, okay, we put some German markings on it, it's gonna sell. This, this is the right? second time I've seen Whitey go off on the uh, the glider issue. What was well, the, the that one before that? They had some other stupid glider that nobody <laughs> even knows what <laughs> yeah. it is. You know, it was ICM too, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. 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 Oh, God bless ICM. I love their products. I love the fact they that got they're some still great stuff, cranking but... out stuff while the dirty Russians are over there. I will, them. You know, yeah. you know, I will oh, say yeah. they, they do, but what's that, that weird looking Jeep thing with like another front end of a car or Jeep on the front of it. That looks oh, yeah. weird is all get out. Oh, they like, well, it's got like railroad, railroad wheels or know, something on it. I have but, no idea. It's weird. Let's go back to our interview last week with with uh, Spencer, and we talked about how Monogram back in the day they 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 really uh, pedaled towards the the U.S. market, and you looked at Airfix and the stuff they pedaled, and oh. ICM's doing the same thing, and they're they're, they're pushing the Eastern European uh, subjects, and, and they're cool subjects. Don't get me wrong; and some of the stuff is really obscure. It's really cool looking, but they I'm gonna nice I'm gonna kit. they do they do. I got their. Um, like, I'm going to side with Whitey on the glider issue here. I think yeah. that it's a. Now I'll know, give a shout sells. out to them for this uh, KI-21 Sally that they're going to come out with. That's an awesome Japanese yep. twin engine bomber. You know, mm-hmm. Cool, yeah, cool, cool neat. in the gang there, man. Yep. That'd Edward cool. also has a 48 scale Z326 trainer master. It's like a uh, prop oh, yeah. trainer that's, airplane from. That's like I the guess. Eastern European T-34, man. I want yep. one of those. That's going to be cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, cool. And then Whitey found something from those guys over at Cat Four. Oh yeah, the uh, A6C mod, the um, that really like that 
under on the underside, the uh, trim, the trim, trim, trim pod. pod. Yeah, I forget what trim stands for, but anyway, it's a low light TV flare system. Early, early uh, technology there on that kind of stuff. Huh. Did did that oh. thing have a spinning lens on the bottom of it? Is that what that is? Does that turn it, real fast or? It does. Well, it like. I want to say it was a precursor to the PaveTac pod. I'm sure. I'm sure Jim Rotramill will get on here yeah, and yeah. chastise me for getting that wrong. But I think that <laughs> I was uh, it, the turret turned in order to yeah. protect the optic. It did. Like, yeah. Like, it your typical, uh, like all of your FLIR pods pretty much have that uh, same okay. feature. Uh, okay. Because those, uh, you know, I mean, our camera on the on the P3 and everything else, it, it all. You, those it those lenses are delicate, and if it, oh, yeah. it, it, it gets scratched. You know, it's it's gonna give you. If uh, it has that weird. iridescent green glow to it, it needs to be hidden. Yeah, I've got some. There was this pretty neat website that had uh, pictures of naval aviation from like the fifties, sixties, and seventies over in Japan, and there's a few pictures of A sixes flying with that trim pod. I'll dig them up and post those on Facebook too, so our listeners know what, what the hell we're talking about. No, yeah. you won't. Oh, God. There you go. Kind of, you that almost was, got it. That was, nah, that was better. That was better, but you still got some work to do, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. But I did Cat 4 stuff, man. They make some awesome uh, items. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. All right. I got a, just a quick plug. Uh, Furball's got a whole bunch of new decals out, so check them out. Um, All right. That's enough for new stuff. Would you guys buy anything? Darren, you buy anything? Pick anything new up? Well, hell yeah, I did. All right. What's you, what you get, man? Yeah. Great Wall Hobbies came out with the Ghost of Kiev. A Southern 48 scale. Yeah. And I peed the tea on Sprue Brothers had it over there. No, you didn't. I did. I did. No, I did that. You see look, how? Look, look right here on behind me. What's that? Oh, see, that in my yellow box. Oh. And, of course, I had to have the. You can build it. Probably not, and and nope. <laughs> and of course I had to have the res kit exhaust to go oh with it. Oh boy! And I had to have the brass pedot tubes, pedo tubes to go with it. So yeah, sweet. Yeah, wow. I spent I spent money on stuff to sell myself for a while. Awesome, <laughs> of course, now I want to break into it. Yeah, but I've got way too many other squirrels <laughs> in the cage. You so. you our squirrels run amok. Why do you squirrel? <sighs> They're pretty good. Whitey's really good. He has no yeah, squirrels. No, Whitey has got some freaking intestinal yeah. fortitude right has, there. Let me tell he, you. He doesn't he's even entertain squirrels. He's like, mm. no, don't get those squirrels out of here. Don't, 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 even, don't even bring them over here. And I am no. not jumping on a hundred group builds this season either. Yeah. <laughs> like Frildo's run a close second. I think he runs maybe two. Maybe yeah, three. Not to, yeah. That's, I've seen him with two. I don't know that I've ever seen him with more than three. No, nah, nah. how many squirrels you got? If if I'm, I just finished, I just, oh, I just, I just finished. Yeah, you think you take the see. cake? One, no, I'm gonna count. Pause. <laughs> no pausing. Ain't no pause. How many? How many? Uh, seven. Oh, you, dude! I got like two. Oh, BS. Uh, maybe three. <laughs> I don't know. I have to count. I just finished one. So I've got I've got like seven. All and right. if I have some cool. that are like a couple years old that I finally just got a canopy for, I've got Yeah, eight. man. Cool. The uh, hashtag voodoo. You buy anything else other than you? No, that's it. Go to keep. All right. Cool. 
All right, enough from you. Frill, what'd you buy, man? Anything? Well, I got that uh, Sprue Brothers oh, hat like I mentioned earlier, the book on the P38 Lightning. It's pretty good. It's nice nice and thick. T-H-I-C-C. I got to come take that from you. That's and, pretty. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's what fell earlier, and I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, oh crap. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's a good book. It's coming handy on, this P- on the Tamiya P38. Cool. And at the PenCon, I picked up only three kits, and they were all Japanese 148 scale Hasegawa kits. Dude, that that one dude, he had like a whole bunch of them. Yeah, they're awesome. I got the uh, at their seeing your roof. I kind of wanted to do one, so I picked up oh. a roof. Then I also picked up the uh, the A6M 5B Type 52. Otsu, O two O T S U, Otsu, yeah. Otsu, however you say that. And a KI twenty seven type ninety seven. Whoa. So and that was it for me. I, I picked up some uh you know aftermarket uh, detail stuff, but that was pretty much it from the sweet from Pencon. Cool. So so I forgot about Pencon. Well, we'll talk about the raffle later because yeah, yeah, we'll was, talk about there, that. there, there was there was more there. It's coming up. It's coming up close. It's coming up would, next. Would you buy or would you win? Yeah, it's coming up next. Okay, yeah. coming up next. But uh, that's about it. Oh, and I got some um, airscale stuff for my secret secret squirrel project. That once I'm given the all clear, I will divulge more. But yeah, and that's it. Okay, cool. Whitey, would you pick up pick up anything at the old? Either via mail or at the old pen. Um, PenCon, I picked up. Uh, the only kit I bought was the uh, Pro Modeler SB two C four Eldiva. You got a good deal on that one, though. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Like twenty bucks or something like that. And um, that's free. Yeah, I, I bought some aftermarket stuff too from up there. I think just some photo etchers, some resin that was kicking around. I can't even remember what off the top of my head right now. <clears throat> but in the mail today, I got a. F eighty two twin Mustang exhaust Ooh. from resin to detail because okay, the, the yeah. exhausts on the F eighty twos are pretty funky. They're uh, shrouded and kind of like, um, uh, uh, it's not a typical Mustang exhaust. In other words, you know, they're, right. not, they're not they're not round pipes. They're they're kind of square and this like have two chambers. Um, I mean, these resin to detail guys, they make some cool stuff, three D printed. And uh, really, really nice, really sharp detail. Uh, so I picked up a set of those things. Uh, I think the F eighty two might be in my uh, on my bench this year. Try to finish that up, maybe even for Nats. Use those decals from the uh, Omaha show. I'll cool. see. There you go. You know, that's just something that, like, you know, they say a face only a mother could love. That F eighty two just does nothing for me, man. It is. It's ugly and odd, but the I like. And I like odd shit. You know me. I, yeah. I, I like odd shit. I like but ugly the, airplanes. Um, yeah, but the F-82 I, just... I like the mm. G model because it's got that big goofy radome. Uh, the others yeah. the, uh, don't have... I have yeah. zero interest in the... Uh, what the... Uh, like the silver ones. What are those? The E's. Yeah. I, like they, they just come out with yeah. an E kit, I believe. Yeah. And I think they were used, you know, stateside. Alaska Air Command, I know, used them. And some cool schemes with those with the... Uh, with the, with the red Arctic um, uh, yep. paint paint on the wings and the tails, so you can really do some colorful stuff with it. But that particular version without the radome, the thing just doesn't do anything for me. I just I like the black with the big giant radome, yeah. man. It just looks cool. 
And, cool. um, you know, and they, the history, you know, with it being the first bird to shoot something down in the Korean war, uh, was pretty, uh, pretty cool. I think. You now, know. didn't you also pick up a Panther, a trumpeter Panther? Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks dude. That's the other <laughs> yeah, one I, I bought you up picked there. That up. Yeah. Yeah. I picked I was up the, uh, that. The, the dash two, uh, Panther. Um, and you know, again, there's that cool, uh, marking set on the, on the sheet from Omaha, and I'm kind of on the fence if, I, if I'm going to run with something like that or or throw some Blue Angel markings on it cause, and add that yeah. to my blue, Blues collection. Yeah. I don't know. I'll see when it... But it, that, that's a nice-looking kit, though. I don't know what cool. it builds up like. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I guess I could look at well, some reviews. But f- looking at it in the box, it looks pretty sharp. It builds up nice because I built the Trumpeter uh, F9F um, yeah. Panther. And it builds up fine. It's broken down a lot like the monogram kit. Yeah. And it goes together. I mean, I didn't have any major issues with it. Cool. Good to know. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, either way, it comes with that wing fold option. So I'm, I'm folding the wings on it. <laughs> Not oh, surprised. Got to, <laughs> got to. Cool. All right. Yeah, I, I didn't actually. The only thing I I picked up two kits at, um, at PenCon. Uh, I got uh, there, you know, of course the roof is like, you know, I, I don't have hardly any Japanese stuff in the case. So now the roof's like, it, you know, sparked some big fire. So now I'm buying up a bunch of Japanese stuff. So I got um, a KI-84 and a Kate and they're both limited edition. And they were like... 48 scale? Yeah. So Hasegawa you want so you want a nice build, man. Pick up that Hasegawa KI eighty four in um thirty two scale. That's yeah. a nice kit. I've got one of those, and I've got the thirty six of the Tojo as well. I think I, there's a couple other that I have, but yeah, yeah I've got I just, Tojo. I love that the paint schemes are just fun, man. They're just like crazy weird colors, and you know, not a ton of markings, so I can paint it every. I can paint everything, so that's that's good times. So. All righty then. Uh, that's enough for new kits and stuff on the street, what we bought and all that good stuff. So um, why don't we move on over to uh, shows and contests and let's start with a PenCon review. So uh, we were all there at uh, the Army Heritage Center in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, a couple of weekends ago. Had an absolute blast. Um, good time uh, talking with folks and seeing everybody. In fact, for our uh, sort of main topic, uh, we're going to talk about um, sort of the the younger generation uh, from the hobby and uh, how do we keep it growing and then what are kind of some of our thoughts are about, um, you know, the younger, the younger folks and what they're building and why they're building what they're building and all that good stuff. Um, and then we've got a special interview with an award-winning modeler uh, his name's JJ O'Hara, and uh, we've got an interview with JJ. We're going to play, um, so you, hopefully you guys will enjoy that. Um, get to kind of hear from a younger person's perspective what they think about the hobby and what they like to build. It's pretty incredible interview. He doesn't sound like he's a, he sounds much older than his his thinking and his thought process. I'm like, man, what, I wasn't I didn't have that kind of brain when I was his age. So yeah, what, what kudos to mom kid. and dad. Just a super kid. Yeah. yeah. And we got to see a chopper land. Saw a Huey yeah. come in and land. It was kind of cool. Start up and take off. It was, it was really, really cool. Um, man, it sounds so distinctive. It's crazy. I'd never been that close to a Huey before. 
I think they were playing some Clarence Clearwater Revival in the background too. Had to have been. But I, I thought it was a good show. You know, of course, when we first the 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 venue i i get the whole thing about the venue and you know you have to pay for stuff and locations are sometimes you can't always go where you want to go but i think they did the best that they could with the space it's it's small it's tight you know so it's a it's a confined area and uh, i think my only real like recommendation for the for the show is just don't put aircraft and armor in the same that same room with the vendors, shift it to that other room where they had sci-fi and fantasy yeah. and figures, and they had tons more room in there. And then have more than two tables for aircraft. <laughs> Granted, they ended up bringing in more tables, but I would say in the future, just move the aircraft and armor to have give them their own room. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, I think that that would be just a little bit uh, better. But I thought how the show went. I mean how they're doing because they're do they do gold silver bronze and so we're kind of following their model because i think they do a really good job of splitting categories and giving people awards that that should receive them and not giving people awards that shouldn't receive them and um and the the awards a half hour boom done they put out the gold the bronzes and the silvers on the table and they just call out the golds and the juniors money and thank you to whoever decided came up with that idea because I think that's something that we might be going with at PaxCon. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, so anyway, it definitely makes it uh, go quicker. You bet. You bet. Um, And I thought that, um, again, great time. Uh, not a huge uh, vendor selection, but man, the, the few vendors that they did have, I, I picked up stuff and I was really happy. Um, and Darren... You, Mr. Raffle Guy, um, tell us about your raffle and your winnings. Uh, I love raffles. You, I you love do. raffles. Dude, I could buy like 500 raffle tickets and I'd win nothing. Yeah. You buy I one got... ticket, you're going to win like the. I bet, I, I'm putting money right now. Darren Cook wins the border model. Um, oh, yeah. From it, your mouth to God's ear. Yes. Uh, at Marauder Con, I'm putting my money on you. Dude, you yeah. better not. It, and then I'll turn around and sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I will never build anything that big. Oh, anyway. Man. Now, I do have a strategy, uh, which I will not divulge because that is my winning strategy. But I am very, uh, I don't know. I'm very lucky when it comes to it anyway. Yeah, I walked out 10. What'd you, I, I was going to say, what'd you get, ma'am? Okay, so forty bucks, and I I made that back with forty bucks. One. Forty bucks I spent. I won that back with the first the first ticket. The first ticket. The 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 <laughs> accurate miniatures, uh, TBM three slash TBF one C Avenger dual kit from Accurate Miniatures. Uh, that kit alone <laughs> won my forty bucks back. Jesus, man. keep going. I, I keep going. The, I got the uh, the Profi Pack Edward uh, Mig Twenty One, uh, so I'm already now. You're already I'm, way ahead. I'm way ahead. Uh, and then there's like there's like ten more, kid, <laughs> which I, which I'm not gonna go through. But uh, I did I did buy one, and that was I found a, a monogram uh, 
Century Series. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking up from our last yeah. interview. Thanks, Spencer. I've already bought two of them, uh, I think. And yeah. <laughs> we, we talked a little bit about those monogram prices at shows. Oh, my but, goodness. So I was missing a canopy for the one that I'm building. I don't know. Yeah. Got broken or lost or whatever. And I found a Century Series Voodoo. Cool. For for 10 bucks. Oh, boy. That's for <laughs> Ten bucks. So, you know, there you go. I got my canopy and as many extra parts as I need. So extra yeah, pots, pots. So the uh, yeah, the 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 drawing guys or the uh, raffle gods were good to me again, and so was the uh, show price gods. My boot yep. fine for ten bucks. So cool, man. Yeah, they were. I think they were. Um, several uh, the the vendors had uh, model show prices. Which yeah, oh yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Really they, good prices. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Why do you feel? What do you guys, what'd y'all think of the show? I thought it was well done. The, uh, yeah. When you go in there and you only see two tables for aircraft and you're like, uh, Houston, we may have a problem (laughs) because that's just one of the, you know, more popular categories. Yep. Yep. And, but like you said, you know, they they brought in more tables and everything was fine. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I was happy with, uh, with my haul. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was I was lucky enough to um, come away with a couple of awards. You guys, right? Do you guys touch on awards? No, not yet. That's right. We were all very lucky. I think we were yep. all very fortunate. We did did pretty well there at that show, and um, I think it was um, it was either Pete. I think it was Pete. He said, "I'm not gonna. You guys aren't gonna be allowed to come here anymore. <laughs> Winning all of our awards." <laughs> um, always good talking to Pete and Dana and all the. The great folks there. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, yep. sat down with uh, Dana and we talked yep. to him. We interviewed we him as well. We did. Yeah. We'll probably be, I, I don't, I don't know if we're going to put that on this show. We might put that on another, on the next show. Just, you know, um, I think this time we're just going to have uh, JJ on there, but uh, maybe we can put Dana on for the next, um, next show. Dynamite. <laughs> anyway. Whitey, what about you, man? Good show. Not too bad. Yeah, Enjoyed man. It. I had a good yeah. time up there. Good deal. Uh, I dig the venue. I mean, I know, like you say, it's tight space. and uh, It's nice, know. though. It's a really, I mean, it's yeah. a beautiful museum. It's really nice. Yeah, some cool stuff there. And then, yep. you know, they, they did it in conjunction with the Army Heritage Days going on. So yep. that's why the Hilo was there, and amongst other things. They did something pretty cool. I guess way out back, they were doing some live art. Not, you know, not, not with real bolts, I'm sure, but blanks yeah um cool for various weapons um i didn't get a chance to see any of that but show wise yeah i i dug it man it was yeah. a lot of nice stuff on the tables and the vendor selection was decent um and yeah like you mentioned earlier show prices man there was no yeah. um no uh you know hobby, hobby shop prices retail store hobby, hobby, yeah. shop, <laughs> hobby shop prices amongst the vendors yeah yeah, yeah that's, cool. there's always nothing you, you see the kit and you're like oh cool. 60 bucks for a monogram yeah kit what no no thanks wah, 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 wah. all right cool well anyway thank yeah, you those all. central yeah. pa guys good bunch man. awesome yeah yep. fantastic group guys i do um, want to say real quick that i think the highlight of that entire show was watching our good friend dave fuller win Amen, best of brother. show Oh yep. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yep. walk away with that uh 
yep. <laughs> with that award. Well, yep. I was so happy yep. to see him win that award. Yep. There you know, was a good job, Dave. Yep. Yep. And it's Absolutely. funny because he never, like, this is only like, what, his second or third show he's ever yeah. in? Yeah. Did yeah, you see the look like on that. that man's face? I did. I, I, I asked him to show me his car, and he couldn't take it out of the box because he was shaking so much. He was in shock. I mean, yeah, man. And he, he was really surprised, but, I mean, he does beautiful work, so oh, I'm not man. really that surprised, you know? Yeah. And, yes. and and couldn't happen to a nicer dude. I mean, Dave's awesome. So congratulations, that's, buddy. Yeah, that was just uh, that to me. That's what it's all about is watching. Yeah. Oh man, I was yep. I was I was happy. Yep, I agree. It was awesome. Cool. Hey, let me uh, shout out too real quick to our regular listener up there that uh, we met with and was hanging out with for a bit. Uh, Justin Ryan and his family. Yeah, it was they good to meet him. Yeah. Chatted with others for a bit, and uh, yep. and again, like you know, we talked about we're going to talk later about kids in the hobby. He had his son there, and his son was uh, and his daughter, both scoffing up kits in the raffle. So, oh yeah, I was I was just yeah. going to say his son took a took, yeah. like got like four Bandai Gundam kits yeah. in the raffle. Wow. So good, like good on, good on him. He must, have, he must have been following Darren. Cool. Yeah, good to meet good him deal. and his wife. And uh, yeah, Jeremy, thanks for, Moore thanks for hanging Jeremy. us with us. Jeremy was another one. It was great to meet him. Um, just longtime listener. It was great to meet uh, Jeremy. He, had, he does incredible work as well. He won a ton of awards. Yep. Uh, yep. So Jeremy is great meeting you um, and Justin as well. Um, just just seeing all, it, like you said, Whitey, that's, all, that's just a fantastic group of people. Chad and Pete and Dana, they, they just have a good, a fan, an awesome group. So yeah, it's, they, it's, they make it I fun. Just love, yep. Yep. Makes it super enjoyable. And I'll, I'll go every year. So it's uh, hopefully they'll keep doing it for forever. <laughs> and old uh, awesome. Jackson Jackson was up there as well. Oh yeah, Kick, yep. kicking butt oh, with his arm, man. I, I just his work just blows <laughs> me away. I, I'm just like forget. It. I'm just not going to try armor anymore because yeah, I, that's I'm why I'm not. Like, I'm not. I'll, I'll do 48 skill llama stuff here yep. and there, but yeah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll 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 leave the 35 skill stuff to the pros, man. Yeah, Jackson, you're just amazing, man. Unreal. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Meeting friends that you haven't seen in a while and hanging out and getting to meet new people. Um, and again, uh, thanks to everybody who was involved in PinCon. You guys did a great job. And look forward to seeing seeing you back there again. Yep, great show. Next year. All right, uh, moving on to uh, just going to talk real quick about some other shows and contests coming up. But, uh, oh, man, this is kind of a bummer topic. It's kind of the end of show season. You know, what a great year. Awesome, awesome year. Um, Mosquito Con and um, the uh, Richmond Show, the Fairfax Show, uh, Nats, of course, Penn Con. It's just, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a blast. And those are just the shows that we've we've been able to go to. And uh, we've got Marauder Con coming up here in Havre de Grasse in uh, the 22nd of October. Be there, be square. So uh, try and uh, try and make it if you can. I know Darren's going to go because he's going to first yes. win the damn raffle on the freaking <laughs> stupid ass border model Lancaster. I'm telling you, it's going to happen, folks. I'm telling you right here. You heard it first here on the Geeks. All right. All right. Moving on. Just a quick little Nats update. Uh, everybody has to go. So we'll see everybody there. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's a requirement. You have to go. Uh it's in San Marcos. Um, Texas. 
second through the fifth of August, uh, 2023. It's going to be a freaking amazing show right in Darren's backyard. And, uh, Almost in your backyard. I mean, I know Almost. you Braunfels and San Marcos. They're close. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, and uh, so yeah, I think I don't. You guys, I think you guys got your hotels right. I haven't got mine yet because I don't know exactly where we're gonna stay, but somewhere close. We might stay in Austin. We might stay on the river. I don't know. Well, I did reserve one just so I had it, just in and case. I'm I'm still hoping that we all can uh, get us a place. You know, yeah, man. Uh, I think where geeks be can be geeks and yep. I think it'd be fun. You know, hang out like the family we are. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun, but try to make it again. That's Nats in San Marcos, uh, the second through the fifth of August, 2023. All right. Well, moving on to, uh, again, that's a, a Nats update. Sort of be there, be square, have to be there. <laughs> um, but, uh, of course, um, we're fortunate enough to have a Patreon and uh page which is which is cool patreon site so uh i'm gonna turn it over to darren for just a quick second uh, that can tell us about uh the geeks patreon page take it away darren absolutely you got it nemo we the geeks would like to thank all of you the listeners for your continued support we would also like to ask that if you enjoy listening to the show and would like to further support us in our endeavor to promote the scale modeling hobby then please take a moment and head over to our Model Geeks Patreon page. There you can donate anything from a dollar on up, and every penny goes to help offset our production costs. If Patreon isn't your cup of tea, then you can make a one-time donation by visiting our PayPal Me page. This can be done by simply clicking the heart icon at the top right corner of our homepage, and that will take you directly to our PayPal Me page. Please note, Donations are not in any way a requirement. We will continue to work hard to deliver the best scale modeling content that we can. So, once again, I'd like to say thank you to you all for downloading and listening. All right. Thanks a lot, Darren. Uh, good times. All right. Um, oh, moving on to Hobby Shop shoutouts. We actually got a couple of uh, folks wrote in. Um, Thank you, thank you. Uh, Derek Post wrote in, and he's he's given us a shout-out for the Red Caboose in downtown New York City. I did not know that that was there, but I think we're going to head there sometime this fall or Christmas time. I was uh, just there. I will go check that out. The Red Caboose, downtown New York City. Thanks, Derek. Also got some uh, another hobby shop. This one is uh, courtesy of Mike Rosnick. And it's called Scale Model Supplies in St. Paul, Minnesota. He says, it's an awesome shop, a little bit of everything. Go check some out. That's, again, that's Scale Model Supplies in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I'm going to put another plug out there for Frontline Model Kits and Hobbies in Stanton because <laughs> it's just a freaking awesome hobby shop. They just don't make them like that. It smells like a hobby. It has the proper hobby shop smell. Did you see they had that big thing going on this past weekend? And I guess they were just packed. I mean, the street, that whole street was packed full of people. It was like yeah. a big street sale or something. Yeah. I guess it was just off the hooks. For yeah. them. So good. 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 That's awesome. We need to make another trip there. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to find out about a certain collection. That's certain and collection. And then we're on the road. Yep. Good deal. I'm there. Anyway, thanks to everybody for writing in, uh, writing in, 
<laughs> writing <laughs> in and telling us about the uh, the hobby shops. Please, folks, uh, send us and drop us a line. Say something on Facebook. Email us. Um, however you need to call me, whatever, and give me some hobby <laughs> shop shout outs, whatever you need to do. Um, keep the, keep the hobby flowing and going. Cool. Moving on to our tool and tip of the week. And that would be, um, courtesy of Gabe Pincelli. And it's a tool and a tip all at once. <laughs> Anyway, it's, it is. It is. So we all test fit, right? And when you're when you're trying to, you know, using clamps or tape or whatever to tape parts together and then glue or whatever, I my dumbass has been using Tamiya tape because it's sitting right here. The expensive stuff. Oh, the expensive stuff. Yeah. Which some people refuse to use, and good on them because those people <laughs> like to use craft paint. Just uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Hey, you elitist! You, know, you, you want to you want to make stuff hard on yourself? Uh, I know, you know that's really it. That's really it. Okay, I can't understand why my airbrush keeps clogging. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because you're putting goopity goo through it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Focus, focus, focus. Um, the best thing Gabe was talking about for test fitting, and even when you've got a you're going to glue parts together, is to use scotch tape. And the reason why you use scotch tape genius genius is because it doesn't, it's not flexible. It doesn't move. So when you put the parts together, the pieces together and you put the scotch tape on it, bada bing, bada boop, it holds it super tight. And then you can either glue it or, um, when you're test fitting to see tolerances and stuff, it's just, I was like, holy crap, that is genius. I said, that is going on our tool and tip. Gabe said, mm, cool. <laughs> Um, anyway, so pretty simple, uh, but I think that, uh, checks the block for old tool and tip. Um, so again, if you guys, anybody has some tools and tips out there, shoot them our way. Happy to talk about them on the, old, on the, on the show. All right. Um, Hey, before we move on to mail call, um, again, I'm going to ask Darren, uh, cause Darren's the man and his voice is so much better than mine. Because mine just Barry, sounds like Barry White's. Movie. Yeah, he's got the Barry White voice. I have like the. Hey guys, how's it going? Anyway, uh, Darren, um, we've got an awesome new sponsor, uh, Bases by Bill. So why don't you uh, just give us a little um, some information on on Bases by Bill? Over yeah, man. No. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no worries. So, have you ever struggled with how to display a model at a contest or? a model that you've spent many, many hours of work on? Or how about protecting a model you built for a veteran or a family member? Well, Basis by Bill has a solution. Their museum quality display cases are the perfect way to protect and enhance that special model. Built by modelers for modelers, Basis by Bill display cases are available for any type of model and for any size. Check out their website at basesbybill.com to see their new range of Astro cases. They come in 18 different sizes, or you can get your own custom-built display case quote. Make sure you use the code GEEKS at checkout to apply a 10% listener discount to your order. That code, again, is GEEKS for 10% off. Bases by Bill for all your display case needs. Uh, check them out. Awesome, man. All right, thanks, Darren. 
Uh, and also, uh, thanks to Bases by Bill, those things are amazing. They really are. If you guys haven't seen them, just um, check them out. I love mine. Cool. All right, moving on to everybody's favorite. Mail call. All right. We got quite a quite a bit of mail to go through. Um, I'm not going to hit on, I'm going to hit all of them, but I am, we're only going to talk about a couple of them in detail because I think there's a couple emails that we got that are really good and are going to definitely um, promote a little discussion here and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I'm going to start off um, with a, a good one. So this is from uh, one of our guys, Craig Bomber. And he wrote in. So, again, thank you for writing in. Thanks to everybody for writing in, too. We really appreciate it. Um, and I'm, um, keep, the, keep the email coming. Um, so Craig was talking about, quote, proper colors. And I think, you know, we've, we try to talk and, and discuss quite a bit about, you know, accuracy and realism and having some artistic license to kind of paint whatever you want. And I think Craig was kind of just asking about in general, like, you know, some people get really wrapped around the old axle on getting the most accurate and proper color that you can get. Um, and he's kind of saying, you know, that, I mean, even you know, we've talked about people we'll just take TPS schemes. So, Man, the the different variations in color that you can get are just huge. So, I think his his thought, and I have to agree with him, is don't get wrapped around like getting super super very absolutely ex the exact right color. I mean, it is a after all, it is a plastic model. So you know, do the best that you can and and be happy with it and move on. You know, don't get quote wrapped around the axle on proper colors. So I just wanted to get you guys thoughts and see what you, what do you think about, um, how much time and effort should you have to put into, um, painting the, with the quote, uh, proper color discuss, you know, it's funny. It's a pretty good email and it kind of coincides with, with me right now is the, for example, the radio boxes on the back of the P 38 J. Well, the Tamiya instructions want you to paint them aluminum, but I think they should be flat black or black. And so going through all my references and trying to find a color to, to paint the radios, I settled on doing them in like NATO black. And so I went against the Tamiya instructions because I don't think they would have been <gasps> aluminum during World War II. So I think there's probably been right. times too when I've been messing around like something, trying to find the right color. And I have spent hours going back and forth with that so i am guilty of that but i finally come to the realization that i just kind of you know i get close because by the time you weather it and all the fading and shading it's never the same color that you put down as a base color so i'm trying to tell myself that if i don't have that exact color then okay it's the okay because by the time it's all said and done it's you know 16 440 or no, that's gloss, that's a uh, gloss gray, but like the TPS can you like the H three hundred seven and three hundred eight? Yep. They're not going to look the same by the time you're done with them than yep. what they did when you first put them down. So, I've been kind of going that route here recently. Dan, what you got? Well, it, so 
our, our good friend Sean over at Prime Model Works, uh, I was watching his video today, and and this came up. Okay, so he did this P fifty one. The first of all, the, the episode he just did was on Sam Rabidi's FAQ book, and he got inspired by the P fifty one with the shark's mouth in the, in the back of the book, which is an awesome paint scheme. And to his his credit, he his blue, which was a little bit lighter or brighter than what Sam Rabidi did. Yeah, you know, he he came right out and said the only color pictures I could find of that airplane were in lithographs. Yeah, and he went with the blue from there. There, there are in some instances the black and white photos out there, or even if they are enhanced with colors, don't really show the true colors. So, at what point do you say I'm going to go with the artistic pictures I see in lithos compared to what the black and white or very grainy or very off color photos may dictate you know it's 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 hard right yeah so, when it's i mean yeah i just i just try to get close and then exactly. I, but i i always apply artistic license to my paint schemes and add a little bit color where i want to add color or do whatever and it may be not as accurate but that's my model i can do whatever i want so and and that's that's just me. So, yep. Whitey, what about you, man? What are your thoughts? Well, I like to geek out on research. So when I'm building a project, I'll geek out and find out what the color is. And I'll start with that paint if I can find it as a base and then weather from there, you know, with various shades of that base color, you know, by adding yep. either some white to it or something or something that's close to it and, you know, do the whole variant up panel uh, thing. Uh, but for me, w- when I build something, I usually nerd out on, on research and stuff. So if, if I see it, it, if it's whatever color, I'll start with that as the base color and, and go from there, man. It's so funny. So I just had mentioned about the whole artistic and I try to, I probably ap- apply some artistic license, but when I built the roof, like I had Nick Millman's guide and I, I used the color chips that I had now granted they're printed, yeah. but I'm, I'm trying to get pretty close. I mean, I spent an ex, a, a, a huge amount of time mixing that Amber gray Brown yeah. kind of color get down in the weeds, know? man. Yep. And I really enjoyed it. It was kind of fun. Cause I'd never done that before with Japanese stuff. And so I really enjoyed like finding out about the Nakajima aircraft and the, the, um, Mitsubishi aircraft and how the colors yeah. are a little bit different when cock anyway. I, and I, and I actually, I have to admit, like I really enjoyed it. So, but I think when it comes to like my grays on Navy aircraft, man, I'm just going to freaking go yeah, to town. Sure, sure. But like but, with the Japanese stuff, I wanted to be like pretty, pretty accurate, you know, not well, just too, paint it gray. <laughs> it, it, was, it was probably fun to you to, to learn something along the yeah. way. Right. I mean, I learned, that's, you know, ton. yeah, that, that's part of me with this hobby. Yeah. I don't, I mean, Sure, I build some stuff just because it looks cool. Other, most yeah. of my stuff's inspired by something that I've read or yep. heard about, and then from there I'm gonna nerd out and and uh, <laughs> and, and, and get down in the weeds about like I mean, you know, yep. up at Udvai Hazy this weekend. What you know, I took about forty pictures of Enola Gay, yeah, and man. that's just a silver B twenty nine, right? Yeah. But yeah. there there are little nuances to it that that I want to geek out on and include in my model when I finally do get around to building it. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, like Gabe and I and you were, you know, up on that platform. 
yeah. looking at the sealant around the windows you know, on the yeah. windscreen, you know? Oh, man, look at that. You know, what yeah. they do there? Oh, they, they filled in that gap with sealant to make it more aerodynamic or something. Like, yeah. you know, the way that yeah. those corners of each of the window panels in the... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so... And, and you again, you learn something along the way, you know? So yeah. that... that that that's part of that's that's an aspect of of the hobby that I enjoy and I'm actually um, you know and yeah I I have to give the Darren answer on this one you know I, it depends like I said I, yeah. I'm doing the Japanese stuff so I'm being pretty accurate and I'm kind of actually you know trying to be as accurate as I can when it comes to my Navy stuff I just I start having fun with twenty different shades of gray, you know. <laughs> but you pretty much start with the base, though. I do. I, I, I do. imagine, right? I'm start. Yeah, I'm starting with the with the. I can't remember the correct uh, F, FS color, so I'm not going to try to. Yeah. But I know that the the colors that I've got for the for the Gunsy Aqueous, I know those are spot on, man. So that's what I start as a base, and then I always have good pictures, and that's all I'm doing is just trying to make it look like the picture, you know. So anyway, I, I wonder if uh, Nick. Nick Nealman is going to uh, update that guy because I have it too about with the new because MRP now has that color out and yeah. scale colors he has that color and just to right. see how you know because when I came out I mean it's several years old now and yeah yeah I'm sure you know, he would update colors. it I mean, and yeah. then the Edward instructions they uh yeah their recommendation for the paint colors they have you mix to get that color too so yeah it'd be yeah, cool no, to, cool I, to know. I think that there's really can you know I mean I I actually um it's a, it's it's a really good question I I I find myself bouncing back and forth between yeah don't get wrapped around the axle on freaking paint and then here I am getting wrapped around the axle on Japanese colors for my roof so I don't know it's a, it's an interesting question we could probably sit and talk about it for hours but Craig <laughs> thanks for thanks for the email. I- I see a future topic. Yeah, I see a future. I, yeah, I think I think that might be a a good topic for the future. But I think bottom line is at times, yeah, don't sweat the color, and then other times, well, maybe I sweat the color. <laughs> it just depends. <laughs> so anyway, but again, thanks for the email. Um, got another got a, a great email from Jeremy Moore again. Jeremy, great meeting you um, at PenCon. Um, you, you just have fantastic work and I really appreciate you, you listening to us and being part of the, part of the geek squad there and, uh, supporting us. So thank you. Um, got another email from Derek post, uh, again, had the hobby shop shout out. Um, and he's also, he's getting involved in the MIG build. So, um, you know, good luck with that and, yeah. and can't wait to see it. And, the Mick uh, Killer build, right? Mick Killer build, yeah, yeah. Get some, Derek. I can't yeah, wait yeah. to see it. Yeah, but it'll be good. It'll be good. Hey, wait, he didn't bring his A four, didn't? To Nets, wasn't he working on A four? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he did or I not. Thought he was. No, Derek. I thought. I thought he was. Anyway, anyway, we'll we'll, we'll, talk we'll look, later. look forward to seeing your your Mick Killer and um or, or Russian Killer or Sukor, whatever we're calling it, uh, flavor of the day build in uh in San Marcos. Cool. And thanks again for the email. Appreciate it. Got another one from uh, Chris DeWinter. Uh, he's from the Netherlands. Um, and hey, all I got to say is um, when it comes to models and trying to go through training, whether it's flight school or whatever you're working on, it's tough. So my recommendation is just focus on your training 
And then once you're done with training, then you, you'll have more time to build. But man, when I was going through flight school, man, I didn't even think about models. It was just, I mean, I, I woke up, I studied, I got into this, I flew a little bit and then I just studied more and studied more. And then I tried to eat something and then I didn't really sleep all that much. And then I kept studying. It was just awful for like Jesus, I'm, years. I'm working on my private stuff and trying to model at yeah, the same man. time. And it it's sucks. Hard. It's hard. <laughs> but, um, I know you said you were working on your F4G, so keep it up. And uh, really, best of luck to you uh, going through school and your training. And I know it's tough, but it'll be it'll be worth it in the end. And again, thank you for the uh, thank you for the email. Appreciate it. Um, next one was from Michael uh, Rosnick. Um, he built some awesome. Thanks for the pictures, man. Your helicopter RC stuff was freaking super cool. Um, and I know you'd mentioned you're kind of just get back into the hobby, which is awesome. And, uh, but man, I, your RC, normally I'm like RC stuff. <laughs> what? But man, I, I, helicopters were awesome. So they were really cool. So thanks for showing us pictures. Thanks for the hobby shop shout out. And, uh, and I'll, and always, uh, thanks for the support. Um, we also got an email from, uh, Ken Cox. Um, now he's working on an SF2 tracker. So I'm going to chunk this one over to Frill and let him uh, speak to this particular uh, email since Frill is the tracker man. Frill, over to you, buddy. Yeah, I was looking at um, Ken's email, and he's asking about what would be the best reference on the S2 tracker because he is building the 72-scale Hasegawa S2F. And I know the in-action book is out there, but I did not get a whole heck of a lot from it. And my go-to choice would be the S2 Tracker Volumes by Ginter Books. The um, There's two parts. One covers uh, U.S. Navy squadrons and, like, mostly all the squadrons. So it would have, like, who VS-30 flew. And that was what I used. Or not who, yes, but, like, their aircraft. And a brief, you know, description of their squadron history and that kind of thing with pictures of trackers in their squadron markings. And then the other one deals with the uh, test and evaluation ones, which has more of your uh, your detailed shots of the cabin areas, the engines, the uh, um, weapons bay, you know, the engines, the weapons, and that kind of thing. And gives you a pretty good has pretty good diagrams of the retraction mechanisms for the gear and that kind of thing. And let me go grab, I can give you the ISBN numbers for it if you want. And I got both of mine on Amazon. And I'll send you a uh, an email with them in there for you. Cool. And uh, yeah, they're, that's the way to go. That was the books that I use mostly. Awesome. Thanks, man. And uh, thanks, Ken. And thanks, Phil, for, for taking the, the, the email and answering his, yeah, man. his, his stuff. Cool. Uh, next email um, that is going to... Uh, garnered a little bit of attention is from Will Gibb. Again, loves the podcast, so thanks for listening. Thanks for writing in. Uh, he just finished Trumpeter's 30-second scale F-18E and uh, a Blue Angels theme. Post some pictures, man. you got to put some pictures yeah. up. If you don't post pictures, I mean it didn't happen. So you got to post them up. So we'd love to see it. So post up pictures of that Blue Angel. You know where to go post them, too. Yep. Model, model Geeks, Model, model Shack. Model Shack. Um, he's been, um, he had asked about what we like to use, like how we interact with fellow, fellow modelers. He's been using Instagram. He loves it. 
Um, he's also been talking with our good buddy um, at Prime Model Works with Sean King, and uh, he seems to really enjoy the Instagram. Um, so that's again, that's just kind of a thought. I don't think we really do Instagram all. At least I don't. No, we um, we need to uh, ramp that up just a little. We should. Bit. Yeah, we should. A lot of good stuff over there. Yeah, and and uh, Will had a couple of good questions. So this is going to kind of, I'll I'll throw the question out there, and then discuss amongst yourselves. Uh, so his first question is, so Will's talking about how he likes to build his models in flight. And you know, when you go to a show, most aircraft are gear down, uh, on the deck, you don't see a whole lot that are in flight. This is where he gets his inspiration from, uh, Sean over at Prime Model Works. He does most uh, of his stuff in flight. Probably yeah. correct. Amundo there. Great senior. stuff too, by the way. Yep. Yep. So what Will's asking is, so we go to a contest. And you have models in the same category. And one of them is in flight. Do Is, is that going to affect its judging criteria at all? Um, so the bottom line is, yep. Does, do you think it, it, would, it would do... How would, a, how would an aircraft in flight do compared to aircraft that are static with gear down? Talk amongst yourselves. Go, Darren. You got something to say. Say it. it. It depends. Oh boy, that is all. It depends. That is all. Uh, maybe we can be a little bit more specific than it depends. Well, I mean, you know, so I haven't seen many in in category. Like, I'm, I'm just going to go 148 scale jets. I have not seen that many in the contests that I, I have either. gone to with aircraft in flight. I, I just haven't. I would say uh, that if so, if I'm judging a category and there's an aircraft in flight. It is subject to the same judging criteria, absolutely, as the aircraft that are static. I would, absolutely, I wouldn't judge it any different. I wouldn't go, oh man, well, it is in flight, so I'm going to ding him just because it's in flight. No, I, I, I don't think you should do that. So, but yeah. let me ask you this question: You've gotten past all the first of all alignments out the issue uh, is out of the picture, right? Because the aircraft's in flight, so there's no landing gear. You might look at uh, stores. But in wings, but it's in flight. But let's say you make it past all the basic construction stuff, and you're you're into now level of effort. Yeah, is there more level of effort by putting that thing in flight than there is on the ground? I think that's where you've got to get to before it really comes into play, right? Well, but you got to get past all the I'd other say things. It does. Getting yeah. them geared to as flush and correct is oh, absolutely takes a lot of effort. Depending yeah. on the kit, yeah. I mean, most kits, if you want to put it gear up, the shit doesn't fit. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yep. That's it does not right. fit well. If yeah. I'm a judge, or if you're a judge out there and you're biased against aircraft with gear up versus then, otherwise. Wrong. Then gear up guy is screwed. Then, then you're wrong. And uh, I, like to, I like the fact that you see most a lot of contests have a separate category of in-flight. I know Nats does every year. A few years ago, they started doing that, and I think that's a good idea. Um, you know, but I'm not going to... If I'm judging a model, it's it's whether or not it's sitting on deck or in-flight, it's still... Uh, the, it's still, man, how does it look? <laughs> you know, man, is it is it nice work? <laughs> yep, it's the same. Like I said, um, and if it if it gets down to um, everything else is equal, 
with an aircraft. Let's just say there's two, right? You have your for the sake of arguing, there's two perfect aircraft on the table in that category. One of them static, one of them's in flight. And then it's difficult, right? Because it's like, nope. well, which which who pulled it off the best, right? Is it easier to put gear down, or is it easier to put gear up and then put the? I, I'd have to, I'd have to see it, but I wouldn't. I would. I would certainly not go. Well, this guy put it in flight, so he's getting second. No hell, no. Then you have those out there that say, "Well, gear up." What's he trying to get away from doing the 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 fiddly bits or trying know. to get away from alignment issue. I mean, I, that's a double-edged sword, man, because is. you all know that those Maybe gear just doors looks cool do gear up, man. I get the monogram B 58 hustler in 48 scale. And I'd love to do it gear up. Yeah. But the kit itself doesn't lend itself to doing that very easily. I'll tell you one of my favorite gear up, uh, uh, kits that I've seen done <laughs> in whitey stand up and stand proud because that blue angel doing the, uh, dirty, the dirty loot or roll on takeoff. Yeah. That yeah. Kind of that, that's do. a wicked in flight because mm-hmm. now you got the gear down and everything right. Fully extended. Uh, which is cool. That's the best of both worlds. I would love to do an in flight, uh, kit first props. Even if you use prop blur, it doesn't look right to me. Um, yeah. it, it, until someone can come up with a, a decent way to do a prop spinning, uh, a prop aircraft in flight just doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a prop a jet spinning does. in scale, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A jet in flight, uh, an F-18, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But I suck, just I, I suck it to a figures. On. Yeah, you can't right. just glue the gear on on a horse. Right. I mean, you can, Yeah, but... I've well, seen I suck it. I suck at doing figures, so I'm not. I'm not doing one. Well, something I've, in the cockpit. I've, I've seen the a Hornet that's done an F-16 as well, where they lengthen all the oleos and put the gear, the trailing gear, like on the Hornet, and that and done well. That yeah. is impressive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So speaking of, let me go back to that Blue Angel you've got doing the dirty roll. Did you extend the oleos to make them fully extended like they they normally would over serviced or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't guess I probably knew about the over-servicing thing that you guys did. Um, you know, for those out there, the uninitiated, I guess, uh, yeah. the Blues over-service their struts for when they are inverted. What is yeah. the reason? They just don't want them. It's so, um, it's so the weight on wheel switches don't uh, come ah, in contact. Good, as good. Go there you go. Yeah. Roger that. Yeah. Okay, they'll, they'll see. They'll extend them, and it's like riding on just solid tires. Okay. <laughs> it falls. Yeah. Here. It's it's rough, man. And so again, just by over overextended, what they mean there is they're servicing it up with more pneumatics on one yeah. on the one side, right? Yeah, of the strut, the, the one side of the strut, over servicing it basically. Yeah, um, but, yeah, that, that's that's interesting. No, when I did it with the kit here, though, it, it, it's the old monogram kit, and you know it's not very accurate. I just I just hacked it at the knuckle and extended, okay. and then filled in with like super glue or something like that. Now, yeah. I, I would say if I was going to do that again, what I would do is find an old Ravel F-18 kit. They came out with one of their first releases of the F-18 kit came with the main gear struts as all separate pieces with the knuckle all, um, uh, you know, if you're familiar with F-18s, uh, you know, they kind of join together like... Um, 
God, yeah, how, the how geometry is just all, yeah. all out of whack. And, yes, and, and I would I would dig up one of those kits, and you can get them on eBay pretty cheap sometimes. Uh, and, and and I would use the the main gear from that because that way you can uh, drop you know you can extend the gear to give it that uh that that hanging down look. Um, yeah, you know, look, pretty pretty easily. A real quick, squirrel. Uh, that that old Ravel legacy kit. Minus the flaps and leading edge uh, flaps. That was an awesome kit, man. It, it was really a good F eighteen kit. You yeah, know, very simple. If you if you're into cutting stuff and want to droop stuff, you can do it. Yeah, it can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say that thing but, had the dog's tooth and the stab, and also the openings yeah. in the Lex still, and yeah. also that you know not to be confused with the monogram f-18 with the gold and the blue scheme uh, this is a, a different one this is a different um ravel kit yeah um i think on the box anyway. top it will say ravel f-18 with stores which as a kid at the time i remember what the hell does that mean because i didn't know <laughs> i don't know what they called um stuff hanging on pylons as, as stores yeah. like you know i was like what do you mean with stores i don't i don't understand that and then the kit also comes with the early uh, oval shaped um, yeah. fuel tanks as well uh, uh, which was used for like the first couple of years in service and uh, y- you know the test bird down the road here sitting at the museum has those oval tanks that. on it yeah. cool yeah well oh um, it does with the wood between the Lexus oh it's in bad shape man oh yeah yeah it's really bad shape anyway well I think I think that answers I think the bottom line is I don't it would it it's judged uh, uh, an in-flight model is judged very similarly to um not similarly exactly how you would George judge yep. any model yeah and uh be. the only difference might be is you know when if you came down to two perfect models um just you'd have to dig but it but at no time would i ever say well he built this one in flight so i'm gonna ding him never i would i would never yeah. do that um i could probably find something else <laughs> um yeah speaking yeah. of real quick too my favorite yeah. in-flight display ever, Hagen Klaus with his C5, oh, C5 taking gas oh, yeah. from the KC-10. Did that win best in show? In 170 second scale. Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It it won awards. I don't know yeah, if it won, won a ton of awards. Show, yeah. or, it was awesome. Or what, but. It was really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was cool. But that one was awesome, but I also want to give one to uh, Hampton Nats and the Pardo's Push in the 2F4s. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was pretty, pretty cool. cool. That was cool. That was cool. There was also one with a, uh, real quick, it was a bear, and he was being escorted by a uh, F-106, I believe. Yeah, that, never, yeah that like was the, pretty sweet, had, too. Oh, I remember that. That was at Nats, right? Comms. Yeah, and he yep. had the ATC comms yep. playing. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cool. Well, keep building them, Will. Build them, build them up in flight, however you want to do them. It's your model, but... uh yeah, I think I think don't sweat contests, you know, at all. It should be it should be given judged on the merit of the model and not oh because it's in flight or it's not in flight. So anyway, thanks for the email. Um, you had one more question. You asked how to strip paint. I think it just depends on what paint you're painting with. Um, if it's like Gunsy Aqueous, so it's acrylic stuff, you can just use good old isopropyl alcohol. Take it right off. Um, if you're using enamel, what do you guys, you guys have any ideas on enamel or like those tough acrylics? What do you use to strip those suckers? ELO. ELO. 
I use um, ELO or I will use oven cleaner. Gotcha. Yeah, that, uh, easy off oven cleaner, man. It'll it will it'll take it off. Takes it Wesley's off bleach white. That stuff that you spray on your wheels on your car yeah. to clean them. That oh, will do it too. Cool. Well, there you go. Will a couple of different uh, items, uh, products you can use to strip stuff. Um. Anyway, but again, uh, thanks for the email. I knew that one was going to garner some attention. Um. But again, I appreciate it. That's probably another. Um. We could go on about that one about judging and contests and scores for of in-flight hours, flights. For hours. For yeah. hours and hours. In there. Five hours later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one we got one more email and then we're done. Um, this is from the folks, the sprue cutter, uh, Bubba's. Um, just putting a shout out uh, in Adelaide, South Australia. The South Australian Plastic Modelers Association is putting on the 39th SA Scale Expo. That's the 8th through the 9th of October, and it's at the Cosgrove Hall in Cloverly Park. That's over in Australia, and I will not attempt the Australian accent. All right, that is going to put a big old wrap on Mail Call, which was a lot. But again, uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody um, for putting in... um, all the emails, getting in touch with us, whether it's an actual email or dropping us a line on Facebook. Again, if you got questions, show suggestions, or literally you just want to like say hi and tell us that, uh, you know, we suck or whatever. <laughs> Happy to hear from you. Again, you can reach us at contact at modelgeekspodcast.com or feel free to post on our Facebook page. But again, thanks to everybody for writing in for mail call this week. All right, um, time for everybody's favorite uh, main topic. <laughs> so uh, again, uh, one of the things that we we noticed at the last is the inspiration. For, I got to say, JJ, you're the inspiration for you and all your your fellow junior modelers. The junior modelers are the inspiration for this for this episode, and we wanted to just kind of you know talk about how we. I've noticed it the past few shows that there it's not that there's not any um young kids there are but what are they building and what do they like to build what are their interests like and as we did the interview with jj we'll play later um it's very interesting to listen to him talk about what he likes to build and what he's interested in so it kind of poses the question how do we how do we keep the younger generation sort of interested in our hobby how do we get kids to sort of fall in love and be hooked um, on modeling, whether it's ships, cars, aircraft, armor figures, Gundam, insert whatever. Um, And uh, because I know for me, you know, it it started at a very young age. We've talked about this before, Um, you know, kind of in in great length. (laughs) We talked about what inspired us. And I think for us, it was just kind of natural with models and airplanes and, you know, joining the Navy and all that good stuff. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what our, our impetus was for, for getting in a hobby it was several things, right? It's a combination. But when I look at the hobby shows, uh, that we've been to recently, I notice that, um, I, I have to admit, I think that there's, I think there's less kids than when I was younger. 
um, I remember seeing like teenagers bringing stuff and I, I just felt, I felt I could be off, but I just felt like there were more kids at hobby shows than maybe there are now. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think now compared to say 30 years ago? Um, well, you know, what do you think? I think the, uh, the advances in the like video game technology, because now some of these video games look like it's real life and the different, um, titles and stuff they have and the graphics and everything else that appeal to, you know, the younger generation. But would you, and I hate, do you think that there's more kids at shows or less kids at shows? Uh, see, I don't know. Cause I kind of, you know, I kind of pay attention to it, but I don't, I just kind of, I mean, I always see a bunch of models on the tables and there have been times when there's been less than a, than a show before, you know? So I just think that I know what I've noticed. I, I've noticed that there are less kids in aircraft and armor and ships and fit. And there's a shitload of them in Gundam. That's what yeah. I've noticed. Darren, what's up? When we grew up, what was hot, man? Jets, right? Aircraft, uh, and, 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 and the car model scale, you know, muscle cars. It, but we it, didn't have it, a lot of stuff that these kids have today. Well, we don't. So that's my point. Exactly. So as you, as you look at the way technology has evolved and we look at vid- the video games that Frill talks about, we look at the internet, which has brought other coasts across the world closer to ours, i.e. Japan with all the Gundam stuff, bringing it closer in uh, and, and some of the anime and all that the kids now are starting to push more towards that where we didn't have that when we were growing. We looked at the cool stuff at the time, which was the jets and the the aircraft. Well, what's cool to them now? Let me ask you, if, if you were going to build, well, we're jet guys, so I don't think it's a fair question, but if you were going to build a right flyer compared to a, you know, a flanker, yeah, that's a good build? point. Yeah. You're going to build the flanker, right? As long as it's well, not the Kitty Hawk kit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with I'm you. Saying. Like, that's, it's, it's what you grow up with, right? Exactly. I mean, but then again, the F-35, that's new. F-22s, yep. those are new. It, it, I mean, it is. I, I, but, I mean, are there as many air shows? So, I think, are, is it safe to well, say that there's a shift from a shift. aircraft, cars, I, um, armor to to Gundam. Scott, I, I, I keep saying Gundam, say, but yeah. I will also say that I think price point takes a, a lot in that. You look at an F thirty five kit in a hundred bucks compared to a Bandai uh, Gundam kit that's thirty five dollars. I mean, there, there's a huge price point difference there too. You know, I want to caution that real quick because I see where you're coming from with that, but then too, you got to kind of look a little deeper into our society. You know, that was what we, when we were that growing up, scary. <laughs> that was, you know, that was what we did, you know, because when we were growing up or getting into the hobby, the Cold War was going on, right? So everybody was against the Russians and all this stuff and all the cool air, you know, all the airplanes and tanks and whatever. Well, now you get, okay, so like take a Gundam or whatever. You look at the box. Ooh, that's cool. I want it to look just like that. Well, when you build a model, it takes effort. 
and it takes skill and it takes patience. Those are things that these kids today don't have and they can go pick up an Xbox controller. They can get on there and go play some Call of Duty and kill Nazis and everything else on the couch and get instant gratification. Because, I mean, you know, why do you, you know, we build a model when we're done. We're like, man, that looks badass. I did, you know, awesome. You get that gratification and going, you know, they get instant gratification from video games and they can stay on the couch in their pajamas. I'll tell you, it is when we were, when I was a kid, I didn't have video games. I didn't have cell phones. I didn't have iPads. I didn't have the internet. I, I had... I had a mom that would take me to the CAF and kick me out and go, I'll pick you up in several hours. And I would go play in those old airplanes. And I, I, I played outside. I, I never, I never was a video game kid or a computer kid ever. And because why? Because we didn't have it. I didn't have, I didn't have any of that stuff. I think it's the whole gratification thing. Oh, I can sit here and, I can complete a level and boom. Yeah. Look at that. The internet internet makes us lazy. The internet makes us lazy. Smartphones make us lazy. It's, it's, you don't have, there was no internet. How did we do research when we were younger? We went to the airport and we looked at, well, there you go. I'll chime in here. I think it's technology. I think it's, I think it's technology having readily available information right at your fingertips. We never had that. And it is much easier to get stuff from your phone and from your computer than to get up and go do something like go to the go to the airport or go to a base to look at aircraft. I'm pretty sure that video games and iPads and cell phones have taken away from the interest that a kid might have Dude, in building I'm, a model. I'm gonna That's agree what I mean. you 100 percent there. I got a, I, I, I have an experiment that I grew up with. My son's 28 years old. He grew up with me building models. He grew up around military bases. He grew up around military airplanes. He didn't pick up an interest. He's a freaking aero engineer, but he didn't pick up an interest at all in building model airplanes like I did. Um, does he have vid- Does he play video games? Exactly, because when did he grow exactly. up? He was how old? Amen. Yeah, yeah this, I'm agreeing 100% with you. It was way yeah. cooler to fly, yeah, in, to- uh, to fly an F-15 than to build yeah. a plastic F-15. Absolutely. Video yeah. games, by the time he was five, six, eight years old, video games were, the technology was went from, you know, yeah. basically like, Pong yeah. to yeah. holy shit, <laughs> you know? All of a sudden, the graphics were cool as hell. Yeah. Um, everything was way cooler, you know? You're not, and, and so yeah. it, it was like, no, man, why do I want to, build a model a plastic model airplane when i can fly one and fight a squadron of them on ps2 and it's like krill said the instant gratification like you're getting yeah it's you're you're being able to play the game right there i mean you know it's and then you can like i'm gonna go eat lunch now or whatever (laughs) you know press pause and you know come back and your game's still going yeah and then also too, with a lot of those games, you you could you could build your own squadron, and you could put yeah. your own markings on the airplane. You could yeah. do those kind of things that we think are cool as modelers, and yeah. do it on a on a on a graphic, you know. Yeah. Um, but and then the flip side of that too, though, is we do go to model shows and see uh, kids out there building stuff. So yeah. it's still there, and I think 
to answer your question initially, like, do you see more or less? I think you're going to, I think you're seeing more now. Uh, uh, you know, my, my, I can go back and think of my early two thousands going to shows in the Pensacola area, uh, the, the Gulf coast region and that, and, and I don't recall seeing a whole lot of kids around back then as compared to now when I go and, and the juniors, uh, section is, is, is a lot more populated. And I think the Gundam stuff is certainly, uh, you know, it's indisputable, uh, how fast that has grown and, the, and how look, that's built popularity among a younger yep. generation of model builders. And I've heard it discussed before. It, it's, it's not that they're less model. They're just not building what we build. They're not building tanks yeah. and armor because they're not, um, so much exposed to that. Uh, well, I would say that, right. I don't think they build as much tanks and armor as they do Gundam, but they're, I think tanks and armor have, or aircraft and armor have kind of come up some because of the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, because they saw those airplanes flying, you know, they saw the super Hornets, they saw the F 16s and they were like, Oh cool. I can go build one of those, you know, some of them. And then we had COVID hit us. Right. And so these guys were stuck at home and, you know, I think some guys picked up a model and got busy. And I'm with you, Whitey. I think that, you know, there's probably more kids. They're just not building what, like you said, you said it perfectly. They're not building what we build. Yeah. And so my thought is what, why, like, why is that? And I think they the don't find is, it cool. They just, it's, you know, it, yeah, maybe it's because there's, um, I don't know. That's all we had when we were kids. We didn't have the video games. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have any of that stuff. So I, but I think, I, I think ultimately, I think that what we're what I'm tr- just thinking about is so there is a shift, and I think the shift is like Whitey said, from there's more kids. They're just shifting from building what we used to build, which was aircraft and armor. They're shifting to sci-fi and to Gundam and oh, Star Wars kids, Star Wars and rickshaws. Don't forget rickshaws. Rickshaws. So that's another one. Now that and what they're building and the number of juniors that are actually out there building is two different subjects. And we haven't even talked about that yet. How many of them out there melting plastic and painting stuff, be it Bandai or, you know, monogram or whatever it is, airplanes or Gundam, how many of them out there actually doing it? Well, That's a different question. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, cause how many kids are doing it and, we just don't know about it. You know, they're because I mean, most kids True. don't come to model club meetings. <laughs> you True. know, I didn't start going until I was older. True. So there might be a hell of a lot more, um, kids out there building whatever, you know? Um, I just, I, I think that like, again, when we talk to a couple of the younger folks, they really love the Gundam stuff. And I don't know if it is, it's quick. You can build those really pretty fast, you know? Um, and I, they do look cool. Um, you I see know. some transformer kits too. I mean, like transformers yeah, are coming that's out. right. You know, um, I think Legos are still kind of a big deal, you know? So, well, um, I mean, you say that, what did Gabe have the other day? In his right. no. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, dude what was the name of that place? Of... Uh, something bricks. Um, yeah. And yeah. Stores. Yeah. That was boy, oh, but those were not cheap. They were not cheap. There's no kid going to be buying those. Those are for Was it adults. Master Brick or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Somebody brick, chime in. 
brick something or other. Yeah. Gabe, what is it? What is it again? It's brick something. <laughs> brick something or other. Um, well, so I have to say, I think that, so without, for the sake of arguing, um, we'll just move on from who we think, you know, the influences and, and why kids are how they are today. I mean, I, the kids are smarter today than, than ever. Um, and I think just with the ease of, like I said, the internet and phones and computers and games and all that are just unreal. I mean, even, I mean, I got a PS something or other, I don't use it anymore, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't allowed to play video games, so that's why I didn't play video games. But then again, there was something about model airplanes that I just loved more than anything. I, I, I can't explain it. Um, and here I am, 51 years old, and I still feel the same way. Um, I just love the... I, I, I mean, I have access to video games and cars and stuff. Man, I... I my models are like my most valuable thing I got, you know? So, so how do, how do we, here's, here's the question. How do we keep growing the hobby with the younger generation and be able to not just grow the Gundam section, but to get the kids interested in the cars and ships and aircraft and armor? How do do you do that? You expose them to it. Somehow, go. if you have, like when a, like a, an air show is a good example. You know, you take some, you know take a young mind to an air show and and hope that you know they like oh wow can like the F the F twenty two or the F thirty five, and you know oh hey can I get a model of that? You're like oh as a matter of fact yeah you can. Yeah, I think taking yeah, so kids to- t- taking kids to air shows. I mean, I mean that my first few air shows that I went to. I was absolutely blown away when I saw the Blue Angels. I was just, it was just, I mean, I think I even tried to build like an an, an A4 when I was little, and I don't think it went together. I don't think I was successful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, taking kids to air shows or how they'll do like, I think is it is it in Reading, Pennsylvania, where they do oh, like, been there. yep, done that, that whole big thing in, in June is just yep. like, you know, getting kids involved and seeing the tanks and the folks all dressed up. And I mean, I, I just thought that was amazing when I was a kid or going to like historical sites or taking them to museums like the air and space museum and, or down in Pensacola where there's the Naval aviation museum. I mean, that stuff is just imprinted in my brain. I think too, you know, support, you want to encourage it. Because hypothetically, you have a kid and he like, oh, he wanted to build this model. Like he wanted an F-14 really bad. And he goes and he builds this F-14. And, you know, some of it could stem from he's not getting a lot of interest, like from his, his mom and dad or something, like making a big deal out of this thing. You know, like, hey, I did this. And, you know, the parents are just like, oh, yeah, huh, all right, whatever. You know, and they're not enthused by it. And then he's like, well, why am I going to do this when I don't get no sass? You know, I don't get that, that pat on the back. You know what I mean? That that would keep somebody going. Yeah. And like, you know, I got to look around here. Like with my kids, I do the same, you know, when it comes to them, whenever I don't care what it is, I make a big deal of it, you know, because it just instills their confidence. 
And I think that's what happens is their confidence may get, you know, damaged early on and they abandon it right away. Like, oh, I don't want to do this then. I want to go back to what Scott said a while ago or and I forget which other one about exposure, right? Exposing them to to the hobby. Air shows. Let's take that. No, let's go back to PenCon. PenCon, would they have sitting there right by our table? Yep. The make and take. Yep. Yep. The make and take is one of the greatest things you can have at a model contest to expose kids to the, and that table was packed. It was, it was full. But but they were all building aircraft. I want to take it one step further. Not just aircraft, put some snap tight cars out there, put some Bandai or some, uh, 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 some, uh, if they're giving away Gundam, free Bandai, I'll freaking you know, build one. I'm sorry, I meant just Gundam stuff, but, but <laughs> put some stuff out. And I would like to ask if, if there's anybody, any vendor or not vendors, but manufacturers out there that want to help us with PaxCon. I think that the make and take is, is that important. And I would love to have somebody step up to the plate and sponsor that and say, well, here are the Airfix kits. They're inexpensive. Here are the, you know, uh, snap tight kits by Ravel. Yeah. Inexpensive. Let's put them out there. Let's get the kids exposed. Next. You see, uh, it air shows. Are they promoting the building? No, they need to. They used to. I know that when I was a kid and I, we would go to the, the CAF, they had their big homecoming air show in Harlingen. They always had like a big make and take and you can buy models. And I mean, that's where I, really you know that was a huge huge influence for me so but yeah i think like parents I guess getting even involved yeah. right here with that club you know we have a museum right down the street they have events now and again well, we we should be talking to our club about doing club displays yeah yep. more events geared towards kids yeah i love salvino's jr for the the fact that the the new stuff that they're doing with their their nascar kits they're putting them they're molding them in color they're putting them on NASCAR vendors at the tracks so dad can pick them up, can go back to the hotel room on race weekend. They can build the damn thing in their, their hotel room with the kids. They are act, absolutely exposing another generation of model building at, at the racetracks. And I think on the aviation armor side, I mean, maybe we need to start looking at that a little bit more at hair shows and, and so on and so forth. Anyway, off my soapbox, back to you, Scott. No, man, I, I I mean, again, this is, you know, this is a little bit of a, I mean, it's, it's an intriguing topic because, um, you know, just because a, a, a youngster wants to build something that maybe I'm not interested in, doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> you know? So how come they're not, why are they building a Gundam and they're not building an aircraft? Who cares? If, you know, that's the, you know. That's the first section I check out when I go to a show is I go see what the juniors are building because yep. some of those guys, yeah, I will admit, good. are pretty damn good. Yep. And you know what? They got their their eyes set on us. We got yep. bullseyes on our backs. Yep. <laughs> and that's who they're coming for. Yep. Well, it's, it's again, it's, I think that, you know, I think my, my mom and dad were happy to, to encourage me. Um, well, my dad was into aviation. So, and my mom supported me taking me to airports and air shows and stuff like that. I, I don't know if that is that upbringing or that's just the kid loves that stuff. My dad built models. He built rockets. Um, we built stuff together. You know, I think there's something there, right? And 
um, learning about the history um, and, and doing this at an early age. I think that, you know, getting the kids involved in, in not just models, but the history behind the models, uh, why you're building what you're building and what you're building. And, and if the kids aren't interested and they are, don't, don't force it down them. That's a, that's a good way to, to get them to move away from the hobby as if you're trying to force stuff on them. So, um, but I think that, you know, uh, the bottom line is support, you know, parents support your kids. If, if they want to build models, then encourage them to build models, you know, and then take them to air shows, take them to armor events where they have tanks and, or historical sites, you know, buy a kit and help them build it. See if they're interested or not. And if they're not, then okay. Teach them about the history. And of course do this at an early, early age. And, um, I think that being able to grow the hobby is also adults being patient enough to not force this stuff down their throat. Like Whitey, I think that's awesome. Devin's like, man, I'm not interested. You're like, well, okay, more models for me then, you know, and that's okay. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Anyway. Um, well, again, great topic. I think this is a good lead in. Um, we had, we were very, very lucky, uh, to sit down with an incredible young modeler. His name's JJ O'Hara. Um, and he's up there in the, uh, the Pennsylvania area from the Pennsylvania area. And we were lucky enough to sit down and have an interview with him and talk to us about what he likes to build and why he got interested. So I think this, what everything we've been talking to, let's hear from one of the real youngsters that's an up and comer. Um, he won several awards at, uh, this last PenCon, and, uh, why don't we just roll with the interview? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, pleased to present uh, Mr. J.J. O'Hare in an interview with the Geeks. Hey, Model Geeks, it's Crackalack and it's Frildo and Nemo. What's up? And we are up here at PenCon 2022 in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. It is. The Quaker State. The Quaker. <laughs> and we are joined today by... A- an illustrious guest, JJ. Hello. Hello, JJ. JJ. What's up, man? So, hey, um, why don't you, what's your, what's your first, what's your first and last name? Where are you from? I'm JJ O'Hara. I'm from State College, Pennsylvania. And. Sweet. <laughs> so you're JJ O'Hara from State College, Pennsylvania. Very and nice. You, and, and why are you here at PenCon? Because I entered a bunch of models, Whoa. and I like building models. It's Sweet. All right, so I got to know. So what do you like to build? What spins your prop? Well, I like building Gundams. Those are a lot of fun. Cool. And I build figurines. Okay, what kind? Uh, I, Warhammer. I like building like Warhammer miniatures. Justin, are you listening? Did yeah. you hear that? You got another orc. Um, yeah, figuring Warhammer guy. There were some orcs on the table. In there, there were. We took pictures. Yeah. Awesome. What else? Um, well, I entered a Corsair because it's, cool. it's my favorite plane. I could tell by your shirt. Nice. Yeah. That's cool, man. So, and that was what I entered this year. Awesome. You know, last year at um, when we met you at PenCon for the first time. Um, you had entered a bunch of stuff and you, uh, what I remember, you won quite a few awards, didn't you? Yeah. And how old are you again? I am 12. Whoa. 12 years old and already winning. 12 years old and already cleaning house. Cleaning house. That's That's why you brought your dad with you today, right? So you don't carry all your... 
to yeah. carry all your trophies <laughs> home. Yeah. Get a U-Haul to bring all your awards. That's awesome. Cool. Well, what are you working on? What are you working on these days? Tell me, tell me what you're working on. So I have um, another figure at home. I'm going to finish up. It's a D and D Warforged Titan. Okay. He's got like an ax arm. And yeah. A, and then I have a, uh, a Warhammer Space Marine tank. Okay. That I got to build and paint. And then I got a couple Gundams. So, so what do you like when it comes to your building and your painting? You know, what do you have any like a, a favorite type of paint that you like to use, or do you just brush paint, or do you have an airbrush, or how do you like to paint your stuff? I like to go over it once with one color. Okay. So, like my Corsair, I did the cockpit and I spray painted it all like the green color it is. Okay. Then I went and I added all the details on it. So okay. I do one color and then all the details. Got it. Okay. What awesome. kind of airbrush do you use? Do you use one yet? Uh, yeah, I use my dad's. Sweet. Uh, I'm not sure which, what it is. Well, you know what? Christmas is coming up. So, hey, dad, I want my own airbrush. Yeah. That and then make sure you say, hey, I don't want a compressor and I want a water trap. And uh, all fancy, what are they? All, all the, the fancy, stuff. all the fancy schmancy stuff. Yep. Hey, look, we we'll let we need to push for him to get a little crazy with the cheese whiz because you you don't want to you don't want to buy a cheap airbrush. Mm-hmm. And actually, it doesn't matter if you could get a cheap airbrush and a cheap compressor. Just as long as you had one, that's awesome. But uh, you know, maybe we'll try to push Dad to get you like a really yep. fancy schmancy. You can go one. to um, Hobby Lobby, not to, you know, no free shout outs, but yeah. yeah, Hobby Lobby can pick you up an Iwata HPCBS. Oh pretty- boy. For just about a hundred bucks, I think. And it's very, I still use mine today. Yeah. And I've had it for like, I think 27 years. They got good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, so what made you, so you're 12 years old. So how long have you been modeling and what, what, what got you interested in, in working on models and building models? What, what sort of first got you going? Well, I saw my dad building the Nautilus. Okay. Very uh, neat. 20,000 leagues under the sea. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Cool. And he bought me an M1 Abrams, like, starter kit. Okay. It was, like, I don't know, like, 10 pieces. Wow. And I was really interested yeah. put it on a shelf. And then I he got me a patent. Okay. And that was, like, a little bit up. That was a little bit higher. And then I took, like, a brush and I painted as I called it camo, which is just, go. which was just a bunch of tan and black marks <laughs> on it. But it worked, right? Yes. And it made you happy and it was fun. See, that's what it's all about. Even at our level, even though like Frill and I've been Whitey and Darren and all the other geeks out there, we've been I mean, we've been building for I mean for I mean forty plus years we've and been you, working on models. And you know what? We all started right where you right are. Right where today. you are. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh but my little sister She's in sec. She was in second grade. Yeah, she saw me and dad working on models, so we bought her a mini tank. Sweet. And we built that, and we built that, and then we, my Vicky was like, "I want it pink." So <laughs> did you say no? You can't paint it pink. That's not accurate. Or did you just say, "Okay, fine, whatever, paint it pink"? Yeah. What'd we, you tell we her? We went to the store and we grabbed a. Thing, a pink paint there and you we go threw it in the airbrush and we <laughs> so my little sister has a pink tank in her room that's awesome though i mean whatever you can do 
to get excited and have fun doing something. You know, that's, I mean, that's why we do it. We do it because it's a blast. And we also do it because it's the, the people that you get to meet and hang out with and have fun with and go to model shows and stuff, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, you'll be a, you'll be a part of this show and friends of this show forever. Um, cause we, we love seeing uh, younger folks that, that are enthusiastic and, and we see your eyes light up because that's how we were, you know, like Bill was saying, whenever we were your age and here we are still getting to do it. And just like your dad helped you build your first model that my dad did the same with me, same yep. with Frill and Whitey. And so it's really cool to have you come and talk to us and, and, yeah. and, and tell us about how you got started. Cool thing too is, is you build different genres too. So you said you do Gundam, you do the Warhammer, you do airplanes, you do tanks. That's pretty good because this way you can develop all those skills. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you were just to focus on aircraft, you know, you're only going to focus on aircraft. Yeah, it could be good to just focus on aircraft or whatever, but you're exposing yourself to different techniques and different kits because as, as you said, you know, you saw that there's more parts in a. Well, yeah. some of the tank kits can have like gazillion parts in them, but some airplane kits can have a gazillion parts too. Yeah. Uh, like I can build the Bandai Gundams like on my own. Sweet. Because they're all like snap tight, but like some of the pieces I threw some glue, I throw some glue on because like they just fall, in case, yeah, because yeah. they fall apart. Yeah, yep. And but then like I built the Corsair with my dad. Yeah, because that was my first like kit kit. Yeah, for like an airplane. So yeah, I was able to do that, and then for like the Death Watch that I entered. We, I just dad helped me spray paint them black, yeah. And then I just, when he was at work and I was home from school, I would just paint them. Cool, awesome. So, what kind of paints do you use? Uh, I really like this thing called speed paint, okay? It's made for like D&D and Warhammer miniatures, mm -hmm. like they, like they have like special colors like orc skin green or space marine blue we'll have to get a set for justin yeah <laughs> yeah like my dad he bought like uh six like an eight pack and it was like all sorts of paints for orcs yeah yeah cool so i just use some of those because you don't have to go through it like multiple times and to get the perfect yeah yeah you get like a rust color you paint it over and it looks like rust sweet so I don't have to go over it like five bajillion times. Yeah, that gets irritating when you got to keep going over yep. and over and over stuff to get it even and have make sure it's nice and covered and it's all good. Well, cool. Well, um, well, aside from models, what else do you like? Like, what else do you like to do in your free time, or is it pretty much just work on models? What do you, What do you like to do in your spare time? Well, I do Boy Scouts. Okay, cool. So I go camping like once a month. Sweet. And I like playing. I like playing video games. Good deal. I like survival ones. And yeah, ones. I play video games too, and I'm 46 years old. <laughs> I have a PS something or other, but I only got it because it's it's a really good uh, Blu-ray player. But uh, yeah, I and I I did. I guess I played a little bit, but my dad was real. He was strict. I, I wasn't allowed to have like video games. So you're lucky. Get to have video games. Um, 
Well, have you thought about like, um, you know, I know you're only 12, but still 12, man, you're getting up there. Mm-hmm. You're getting close to us. And, um, you know, what, what are some things have you thought about when you get like to be our age, what you might like to do, you know? Uh, I want to work with like computers, like a software engineer. Okay, cool. Cause I work. Really Let me guess. Well. You want to go to Penn state? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Duh. Um, but I really like 3d modeling. Okay. Oh, cool. Cool. I find that fun. And that's also really helpful for modeling. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So I can build like rockets to put on my plane and just 3d print them. Sweet. So I'm doing a class for it. Like a fun class for yeah. in school yeah. during one of the free periods. So I'm going to get to learn that. Good deal. Well, it seems like it, you know, just like with us, our, our jobs that we did, really tied well into into our modeling so you know it's all being part of the navy and flying um it just kind of made it real easy to build airplanes and stuff and that's cool if you want to be a software engineer and make 3d printed parts and who knows maybe you'll be some a bazillionaire because you have your own model company and you make really you design some special software to print out cool model parts you know you never know you know could be like coming up to you in a few years going hey you want to sponsor us you know as part of the geeks you know you never know but uh that's awesome well we wish you all the best and we've seen your work and it's just amazing what you can do at your age and we're super happy to have you as part of our uh, podcast and um we wish you all the best and uh, do you have anything to say to all the geeks out there? Hello. Please keep <laughs> building models. They're all really cool, and you should always do them because they're so much fun. Awesome. Very good. Well said. Well said. And one more little little secret before we leave. I had a friend of mine who was in, he's, a, he's an adult. He's a P3 pilot. He's into the Warhammer stuff. Mm-hmm. And when, he, when I started working at my last, one of my companies I used to work for, he saw that I built models. He was on a detachment and he came back and got me a set of Warhammer dudes that I have painted blue, the Space Marines, and that's yeah. where they sit. And they've been sitting like that for like five years now. Nice. I've got, I, I haven't touched them. My buddy Justin, it's where our buddy Justin, he built me, um, he gave me a little orc or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, he sits up on my, on my bench and Justin said he's there to help watch over me and keep the bad people away. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. So he, he stays up. He's got like the club hand and the big sword and all this stuff anyway. And he's painted up all awesome. So it's really cool. Well, and if you haven't already have your dad take you by the detail and scale booth, cause they got great books on Corsairs and other airplanes that you may find. It might tickle your fancy. Yep. Cool. And there's yep. some of the best reference material out there. So can't go wrong. Yeah. You bet. Well, cool. Well, JJ, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, thank you again and uh, have a, enjoy the rest of PenCon. And uh, it's great seeing you and we'll, we'll catch you at the next show. All right. And keep listening. You're now one of the geeks, man. We got to get your part of the show. You're part of the podcast. It's official. All right. Are you going to make Marauder Con Uh, in October? I don't know. I'm I'll say, well, I'll say cool. Well, hopefully we'll be there. If we're there, you're one of us now. You're one of the geeks. I'll make sure to stop. You bet. You bet. Anytime. Anytime you need anything, you let us know. We'll take care. Thank you again and enjoy the show. All right. Thanks, JJ. All right, buddy. We'll see you. Hey, JJ. Good talking to you. See you. Good talking to you. Yep. You too. Bye.
All right. Uh, again, thank you so much, JJ, uh, for sitting down with us. It was fantastic to sit and talk to you. And uh, you're welcome to, to join our show anytime and look forward to seeing you at the next show. All right. And guys, thanks for the, uh, for the good conversation and, uh, you know, and the good topic. Um, and again, I think that the, the big thing is, you know, get the kids interested in an early age in the hobby. Um, be patient with them, you know, buy them a, a cool kit and, and be able to build it with them, teach them about the history. And then of course, take them to air shows. Um, taken to the uh, the reenactor kind of events, taken to historical sites, so that uh, you know, they can they can get interested in this stuff. And if they still want to build a Gundam, then let them build a Gundam. You know, more power to them. All good. Um. Anyway, cool. Well, uh, again, I want to say uh, just kind of moving towards wrapping up um, this session. Um, uh, it's great again to to be able to sit and and, and talk to folks. Uh, great people like JJ uh, and me to meet so many great people at, at model shows and what this has been a great show season. Of course, that's wrapping up. Uh, but again, huge thank you to to all the, the geeks out there that support us. Um, and again, our sponsors as well. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Detail and Scale, Basis by Bill, uh, Furball, Aero Design, and uh, Sprue Brothers. Again, you guys are are awesome and, and uh and help keep us going. But I think the biggest thank you is just to all the geeks out there, to everybody uh, that listens to us and we get to meet at shows and we have the interaction with, that's what it's all about folks. That's why we do this. We do this um, to try to grow the hobby and have folks like JJ um, be inspired by us and listen to us. Um, That's what it's all about. And it's it's awesome. But uh, anyway, uh, I think that's a wrap. On episode 42, fellas, wrap it up, man. Uh, hard to believe, 42 episodes, man. It's crazy. Good it's times. Happening, it's happening fast. It's happening sure. fast, yeah. And the I, next I, show scene is going to be right around the corner, man. Yeah. It I, is. I do want to say, though, you, you mentioned the show season and, and being this the first big one coming out of COVID. What a great season it's been. I mean, from, from the Region 2 area up here, the shows we've been to, to Nationals, uh, all yeah. of it has just been, it's it's only going to get better, man. As yeah, things, no, I'm with as you. things really climb out of COVID, and yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I can't. I, I'm looking forward to um, the Nats and San Marcos. I think that's going to uh, yeah. be awesome. I, be I, I'm already counting down to to uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Are you yeah, me? yeah, I, that'll I, be I'm good. Looking, I'm looking that far ahead. I'm Jeez, I mean, cool. we still got another show. We still got Marauder Con coming up. I know. Month, so that'll be I good. Know. Good times. Hopefully we'll see some folks out there in the books. Episode 42. Uh, it's crazy that, um, you know, again, like Darren was saying, this has been a great uh, show season. Um, it's so great to meet everybody and appreciate all the support on our, our little old podcast here. Um, I hope you all enjoyed listening. Uh, we love putting this sucker together, sitting here chatting about the hobby. And again, it's just a huge thank you uh, to everybody out there who's listening to us and making us part of your uh, your bench time um, because there ain't nothing better than, than bench time. So, again, hope you guys can join us for our next podcast. But for now, be excellent to each other and get, get out there and build something, all right? All right, man. Take care. Out from the geeks. See you. Later. Take it easy. Good night. <laughs>